Right, before we start episode two, unfortunately, Sean had to uh, to leave us. He's not been taken away by zombies. It's just he, he's got to go and pick his uh, girlfriend up. So <laughs> um, scheduling issues, all that kind of stuff. So for the rest of the show, uh, episodes two, three, four and five, it will just be me, James and Josh. <laughs> Turn in this episode, you actually you've moved over to the motel which you've previously uh, been to before. But um, before you manage to get there, you're uh, out shooting, you're hunting for your food, um, and you come across your next tough decision. That tough decision is you come across a group of people. Uh, one of them has their leg caught in a bear trap, and uh, and two relatively young teenagers, Ben and Travis, uh, next to him. The the person with the leg caught in the in the trap is, you find out, is called David Parker. He's the teacher of the group. So the choice that I face you here is, do you chop off David's leg or do you leave him to die? The situation being the zombies approaching and there is no time for any other choice. So, Josh, chop or die? Chop. James, yeah, chop or die? Chop. <laughs> yeah, I chopped as well. <laughs> It just seemed like the lesser evil, you know. Yeah. yeah. It's a horrible thing to do to a person, but he was going to die, so Yeah. I'm sure he'd thank me later if he's not gonna, he's <laughs> he's definitely going to he's definitely not going to be appreciative uh during, but yeah. No. no. It, I mean it's one not one of the the bigger decisions I feel like I've made for the game, but it was one of those well, you know, the choice needs to be made. I made the chop decision. Uh a bit pointless anyway, because he does eventually die inside the motel, inside the motoring. Um, but it is actually used as a story arc. Um, that story arc is that you find out that he wasn't bitten, so why did he turn into uh, a walker at this point? Uh, the story, as, as Josh has actually already uh, hinted from what the... Um, I, I guess the, you know, this must be in the comic book then. Yeah, yeah. Which is, in fact, that um, it's merely everybody Everyone's infected, yeah. Uh, so yeah. when you die, you just turn into one, be it whatever. As long as your brain isn't uh, demolished, then you're really going to come back as a zombie. The, bi- the um, bite um, only uh, just... It, all it does is it kills yeah. you, basically. Everyone mm-hmm. already has the potential to become a zombie. Um, which I think makes the fiction more interesting because if anybody falls dead, regardless of you know what condition they yeah, are, course, they yeah. instantly become a threat. Yeah. So in the start of episode two, a lot of this there's there's um, accusations from Lily that um, there's supplies going missing. That you, you find actually that there's a lot of tension between uh, Kenny and Lily, and that one Kenny wants to leave the camp, Lily wants to stay there. Um, no, it's the way around. No, it is that way, isn't it? She wants to set up fault, and, and mm. Kenny wants to get out of town. Um, so there's a lot of tension between them there. Um, breaking up that tension, there's a, a set of characters called Andy and is it Dan? Andy and Dan from a place called St John's Dairy, which is a farm up up the road. Um, they come along and say, "Hey, hey, we we're after some petrol. Have you got petrol? Because we got safe haven." There's the basic huge story plots that I'm jumping through hoops like anything. <laughs> but, um, you know, they, they invite you back to your farm and break in some of the tension that you're, you're facing back at the motor inn. The, um, can I just ask you guys, the moment they said, 
we've got loads of food back at our house. Did <laughs> everyone immediately think, well, they're cannibals, aren't they? Just immediately think that. I don't, I don't think I, I jumped to that far in a conclusion, but I, I felt that clearly, you know, you don't go walking around the, the thing going, hey, we got loads of food, you should come join us, because yeah. everybody, you know, is making out their own little camps, they're trying to survive. There has to be an alternative motive for them to want you to come and join their organisation. Yeah. Um, it's not a case of, yeah, you know, we're just Samaritans because I think the time for Samaritans has clearly passed yeah or maybe I, not. I think it's because of my over familiarity with the post-apocalyptic genre that mm. every time somebody has plenty to eat it's because they're eating people um and, and it's not the first time a game has dealt with this there's the classic moment in Fallout 3 where you meet the family that kill and eat people yeah, yeah there's in I'm Alive there's a, a whole section with uh, cannibalism yeah. because the world's gone to I think whenever you've got a situation where food is scarce and you have a large number of dead people around, that that is something that naturally is is brought into the story. I think for me it was before that, as soon as they approached and seemed to be walking around <laughs> approaching, as, as you said Tony, approaching people when the more natural thing to do is to sort of batten down and, and become insular whenever you see people walking around trying to make friends and influence people it's probably because they've got some kind of ulterior motive. Uh, so my sort of my suspicions were raised as soon as they approached and actually far wanted casual, to speak to. Yeah, they would seem far too comfortable with the the situation. Mm. Yeah. Um, I mean, you you head to the farm. And there's a there's a whole plot about you know trying to make sure that the fence is fixed. They have this electric fence around their property and it runs off petrol, and you need to make sure that you know the zombies aren't stuck to the outer side of it. And there's the whole oh, is this place legitimate? You know, should we bring the people from the motor in? Should we bring them here? Should we leave where we are? You know, weigh our options up. You take a, a trip around the perimeter. You end up in a, a fight with a group of bandits. And even from then, you're like, well, who are these bandits? Why are they fighting? And there's a there's a lot of chatter amongst themselves saying, well, you didn't you know, you didn't stick to the deal you that didn't we keep had. Keep up your your end of the bar. Yeah. So yeah. we're like, well, what deal was that? You know, why was this? And you end up um, you have a new character, don't you? That that joins the group. Is it called? Mark, Johnny No Legs is <laughs> John, what I call yeah. him. Um, uh, oh yes, Johnny. Yes, yeah. Okay, yeah. Johnny's there. So um, no, that's not um, his name. I just no, okay. <laughs> oh, um, I forget his name. I just he's the guy who ends up with no legs to me. I because he's introduced in this episode. Yeah, it is Mark? Just, yeah. Is, is it Mark? Okay. Yeah. Because he he's. I, you don't really, from nowhere, yeah. <laughs> you don't really have enough time to get attached to him because he's introduced no. in this episode as a red shirt, effectively. Mm-hmm. And he is. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. Well, that the, the, I mean, what the game counts as a tough decision is you. You once you go and attack the bandits, you meet uh, a woman in a camp, and one of the decision is whether you kill the woman or not. I guess it, it all depends whether you feel like the, the you know the St. John's Dairy is a, a place that you can trust or not. But even if you're inquisitive and want to find out more, I think um, that she ends up being killed by Danny, who you bring along yeah. with you anyway. Yeah. So he kind of silenced her before you can even do that. I didn't really... There was no real emotion to that. I was just like, okay, she's some person in a, just in a bad situation. Although she does talk about her daughter. Or, or, yeah, I think what it speaks to more is um, how unnerved you are at this point by particularly Danny just poo-pooing 
mm. the band because because I think Lee brings up the bandits what they were shouting and he's just like oh no don't pay attention to them and then you run into this woman who's babbling fairly incomprehensibly but you certainly pick out that she seems to feel that she has some legitimate complaint with the St John's about the mm-hmm. something they are doing um, and. Yeah, your curiosity to hear more about that's probably it's certainly what drove me to not shoot her. And then the fact that Danny does just cemented my concerns about the St. John's, who they were and what their motives were. Uh, yeah, so Mark takes an arrow to the knee, or in fact, I think it's probably to his arm. <laughs> um, he goes inside where uh, you meet Brenda, who's the, the boy's mother. Uh, she's going to patch him up real good, don't you worry. She's fine. He's fine. Don't worry about that. Um, and but there's suspicions all around. There's a locked door in a barn. You you want to know clearly what's behind the locked door. There's a a plot to to get one of the the guys away from that locked door so you you can have a look. Lee has a look. There's lots of tools. Tools of what trade though? And it looks like a butcher's area. Hmm. Um, but before you can explore any more, you're called to dinner. Um, you go to wash up. You wander upstairs, being a little bit inquisitive as Lee is, and you find Mark. He is not, in fact, been looked after by well, uh, by the mum. He has, in fact, been served for dinner downstairs, <laughs> um, and you have to rush down and make sure and try to stop Clementine, poor Clementine, from eating part of Mark's legs. Uh, Mark makes a comedy entrance, coming collapsing down the stairs and <laughs> frightening everybody. Um, and then you go through a series of another uh, what the game classes tough decisions, um, which is um, as you come across each individual character within the game whether you're going to kill them or not um so although before then there is actually a really one of the more interesting choices in the game which is you get kind of put back into this meat cellar that's in the back of this this barn and um who's in there so isn't it kenny uh, kenny yourself lily larry and clementine so like half the gang yeah yeah are in there and Oh, what's his name? Larry starts having a heart attack, uh, yeah, okay. doesn't he? Right. And, and Kenny's concerns at that point are that if he has a heart attack and, and dies, he will turn into a zombie in there with him. Doesn't um, his doesn't his heart straight up stop? And you're worried yeah, that, yeah. that he can't be revived. So mm-hmm. then you take a salt lick to his head. Well, well, you don't. Well, I mean, the, the the choice that you is presented to you, you have the option to kill him. Yes, say yes, Kenny, kill him straight away. Or you have what I tried to do, which was you know talk down the situation, saying we can revive him, we can revive him. Don't worry, let's let's not hasten into these things. Um, but Kenny ultimately is going to kill him, whatever, and he does kill him by throwing a great big salt lick on top of his head and completely obliterating right. his. All oh, right, so you chose not to kill Larry then. Yes, I chose yeah, yeah, to yeah. kill him. Um, this is mainly due to my knowledge of how hard it is to actually revive somebody once their heart has stopped beating. Yeah. Like, it's very hard to do that without the uh, without you know, defibrillators. The, it's not defib- going to happen unless they're a child, basically. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. I made the decision, right, this guy is dead. Like, there is no way we're going to revive him. So I made that decision based on what I considered to be sound logic. But I've heard several people consider me a monster for doing so. No, I mean, my decision was more I was trying to buy Lily more time to try to revive him. So at least when 
you know, if he had indeed died, she had the ability to let him go and, you know, break some of that emotional bond that she had with him. Mm-hmm. Kenny's choice was more just keep his head in, could do it now, which I felt was maybe a, a little bit harsh under the circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. No, logically, Josh, you're absolutely right. Uh, a, a child's heart is is much more malleable when it comes to restarting. But for an adult, the idea of CPR um, and the reason that, that film and, and media continue to show it reviving people is that the hope is that you can perform CPR long enough for paramedics or ambulance to get there and and have defibrillators and be able to revive the the person so the idea is just to keep the blood and oxygen flowing to the brain um yeah it's a strange one because logically i knew that as well but like you tony and it's compassion i guess for Mm. for lily and wanting to to give her the chance to do something about it and at least feel like she was able to do something about it um made me not or to try to stop Kenny basically um, uh, and definitely not join in because that just seemed like just I know slightly too barbaric for for the situation but Kenny's position's fairly understandable as well at that point uh, Duck and Katya are outside and he can't get to them he's frustrated and the last thing he wants is to have to deal with uh, Larry becoming a, a zombie uh, in an enclosed space with the rest of them it's actually it's a major plot point as well because it does actually affect Kenny a fair bit throughout the game or even other people's um, perception of Kenny. That yeah. because you know he hadn't changed at that point, he essentially killed a man. A man. He didn't kill a zombie. He killed a, a real human being. Mm. It's a bigger choice than than just taking down a, you, know, you know even a zombie that is emotionally connected to one of the the characters. Like he hadn't got there to that point, and I think that comes across as as quite a big kill in in the game. Yeah, I mean it's referred to by several people as murder. Lily specifically, but I think other other characters, you know, treat it as if it was a murder. And mm-hmm. okay, you know, we're faced with with Lee being a pot calling a kettle black. If uh, given given he murdered someone, um, and but but there's parallels there. You know, both felt that at the time either because their emotions got the better of them, or or they thought they were being rational. They thought it was the thing they had to do, but. Um, yeah, it, it definitely it definitely changes a lot of characters' opinion of Kenny. I think. Well, and um, but to see it from Josh's point of view, you know, what's the different from a bite, which ultimately will kill somebody? So, and you know, that's going to happen from somebody having a heart attack. Ultimately, probably going to yeah, kill him. Yeah. So it was going to happen. So, yeah, grey area once again, a grey area. Mm-hmm. Um, with Clementine's help, you manage to escape that room, and uh, you another tough decision is: do you kill Danny, one of the the, the boys? I think we can um, kind of group these two decisions here together yeah. because they're kind of the same mentality. Um, do you spare your captors or don't you? Um, I personally, I let them live. Um, what did you guys do? Yeah, I I let them live on the basis that they weren't going to live very long because the the zombies were overrunning the compound and you were walking away from them, so you left them to a pretty terrible plight, to be honest. I killed Danny, (laughs) I have to be honest. The monster's on Um, the other foot now. Yeah, and do you know, it's... I felt awful because Clementine's reaction, she sees you do it, and Clementine's reaction is that 
you are a murderer at that point because yeah. because once again he's not a zombie i mean it's you uh, i let my emotions of who he was override me and i ultimately killed him in in you know cold blood and i this is horrible to admit and you know it, it makes a mockery that he was my character i felt so uneasy about that decision i actually restarted <laughs> which isn't I, I, I hold my hands up, which is really wrong, and you probably, you know, ultimately you could argue how much of your character is, but I actually really felt Clementine looked me in the in my eyes, and I felt like I had clearly made a horrendous judgment. Yeah, and it actually taught me to to be a bit more restrained, like it, yeah. you know, not necessarily that I wasn't making decisions of my own, but that when Clementine was involved, there there is other characters around you, and you need to be sensible about what you're doing. Yeah. Um, and sometimes don't let your emotions overrun with you. So yeah, this is one of the few instances where I actually did decide. Actually, I'm not comfortable with that. I, I'm going to jump back a scene yeah. and and do it again. And you know, I spared him. So I did there. I got to see two sides of one story. But wow, Clementine was really she cried, man. The, she cried. The thing with me is that I'm comfortable killing in an act of self-defense, but I'm not comfortable with killing somebody just because you know, I feel like they should die. Like, I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm personally against the death penalty simply be, simply because I think the people dishing out justice need to be better than the people who mm-hmm. are committing the crime. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I kind of applied that logic to several situations in the game where I'd only kill people if it was, you know, literally a life or death situation or somebody else is in danger. But in most of those... With the, these situations it was simply like an emotional decision do these people deserve to die for what they've done and even though i think they're horrible people i mean it is sort of life and death but the the way the choices are presented it's not like nobody else is in any immediate threat apart from you and um i just felt like it it wasn't necessary really i I think maybe what I was trying to do was push the boundaries just to see how far I could to go with the game um, at that point because it was it is still quite I mean I don't think well any decisions I would have made after that point I mean I had a bit, a bit of a rocky road of episode 2 I have to be honest um, I didn't particularly think it was great um, and I think I was probably just exploring what the game was capable of um, maybe less of me uh, I mean with Andy at that point I, I let him live as well and he gets overrun by zombies um and the final decision there... Well, actually, it's not a decision, actually. I, th- I think that the mum is going to die, whatever, because she's eaten by Mark. But it's more of a case of you kind of pushing her into that situation from happening because, you know, she's got hold of Catania. So, yeah, she she gets probably what she deserves, maybe. I, I don't know. I think um, this aspect of of the game that you touched on, Tony, is, is what really brought me to, to really adore this part of the game which is it's not about what you would do in that situation necessarily it's not even about what Lee would do in that situation this game invites you and encourages you and almost forces you to think about what other people around you are going to do and say and think about that decision which like it or not is is a big part of how we how we dictate our own lives and the choices we make in in the real world and 
that most of my decisions when I think about them were based on what would what example would this set for Clementine? Perception, yeah. It was all about what does Clementine take from this? I have to set an example because no, I'm you know, I'm saying I, but Lee is not Clementine's father, but he is trying or certainly my Lee was trying to step into that role. He he was trying to make this or raise this this young girl to survive in this world whilst retaining her humanity. And mm. and that meant that Lee's decisions had to be A, obviously first and foremost to keep her alive, and B to set an ex- a positive example for her as to what she should do. And so when it yeah. came to killing um killing the, the St John's, they didn't when they didn't need to die, I, I agree with, with Josh. If it wasn't life or death, then no, they stayed alive. And there's something almost more sadistic about that, certainly with the St John's, because you know you are leaving them to a ruined farm and probably to their deaths. And you could argue that it would have been kinder to them to to kill them there and then. But that's not the example that I wanted to set for Clementine, so I didn't do it. It is interesting because I think by testing that boundary for me, it brought into sharp focus actually that you know Clementine was this hugely important character. Mm. You know, she wasn't just this this girl that I was helping to was just tagging along with me at that point. I actually did have huge feelings for her, and I wanted to be that parental figure to her. Um, and by by doing that act, I was actually like, actually no, that's that's horrendous. I don't mm. I don't I don't like how she's now reacted to that. How she sees me in her uh, her eyes, and yeah. I don't want to continue playing the game with that decision that I made. Um, as it may be right or it may be wrong. Yeah. In life, you can't take those decisions back. But you know, ultimately, this was a, a game, and I could kind of yeah. re reform it. But you know, that was the one and only time. And yeah, I think it's important to kind of put it out there and say, yeah, you know, I did, I did do that, rather than hide behind it and say, oh no, it's fine. Yeah. yeah, and and let's face it, that what we've just talked about there is probably the driving force behind the final decision that that has to be made in this episode. Um, and it turns out was one of the key decisions in in the game. Not that it affected the um, the outcome, but it certainly was the the major decision or the major point in the story that comes back right towards the end, which is mm-hmm. the car with all the food in. Um, at that point, logically, there's no two ways about it. As sad as it is to say, logically, you have a group of people there that need that food and you have some evidence, but no overwhelming evidence that anyone else needs that food. You take the food. You you don't walk away from that car. Emotionally, yeah. however, Clementine's next to you. You set an example. Certainly I did. No, you stand back next to her and shake your head at the people taking the food, if, if you like. Um, that was the decision I took here. Um, I took the food. <laughs> yeah, I, guess, um, I thought you might actually, based on what you've said previously. It is funny how you can start to kind of piece together how somebody may react in these different circumstances. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I left the food there thinking once again, you know, it's a, it's not, it's it's odd actually because I think in any real life situation, you know, if you were desperate enough and hungry enough, then yeah, you probably are going to take the food. Um, but you know, with with the presence of Clementine saying. 
no, I don't think we should. Mm. Uh, you know, she did have a huge amount of sway on me, and I decided after my brief encounter earlier that no, we'd, we, you know, we're going to walk away from that. I mean, ultimately, you get to eat the food anyway. But this is going to sound incredibly cold, um, but I took, just keepers. I, I took the <laughs> I took the stance that I care about me and the people I know, and I care about strangers don't matter, and I we need this food like it's not like we've got plenty of food and we're all right and taking this food is a selfish act we're starving i'm taking the food like it i know like uh, it's not like i think it's a good you know a good decision to make like i acknowledge the fact that that is you know somebody is losing out massively because of this uh, the decision i made and and ultimately it turns out that yes actually i caused a horrible thing to happen because i made this decision but at that moment i had to consider the fact that you know who do i care about more some strangers i've never met or the group i'm with now and i'm sorry but i care more about the group i'm with yeah yeah no i think it's odd because because you're saying in the moment you take the food and then maybe later on when you find out what that meant you regretted it. I was exactly the opposite. In the moment I I wasn't going to take that food and then actually in hindsight that guy's a nutcase. He was already <laughs> he, he's more he's far more responsible for ruining his own and his family's life than the people mm-hmm. taking that food were. Um, uh, no two ways about it. That's interesting because um, I took the complete opposite because I yeah, felt responsible yeah. for the way he was. Yeah, but you did, you know, we got a different dialogue option where he kind of says, well, you said, well, I didn't take it. And he goes, yeah, but you allowed other people to take it. Where you're like, well, that's yeah, yeah. not my job to defend your food. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Know? Um, yeah, no, but by, no, by the end, all of that final scene that we'll get onto in a couple of episodes time, um, no, his fault. Sorry, he made numerous decisions that were to the detriment of his family. And mm. by the point at which his wife leaves him, he'd far more to do with that than than people taking his food. He's just looking for someone to blame in that situation, and so he focuses all of the the blame on Lee and and the group that Lee's with, and that that's him making excuses for his own shortcomings. Hmm. I, I have to admit, I, I actually I found episode two to be the weakest episode out of the bunch. Um, I'd agree with you, actually. Mm. I don't think it's um, I don't think it's bad by any stretch of the imagination. I think it is good, but like out of, less interesting things happen in this episode. I think for me, it's because it fell into so many cliches. Yeah, I think the, yeah, yeah. the whole you know, yeah, cannibalistic nature of people. Mm. I, I think probably is a, a something they need to be. Uh, touched upon but just the way it was presented like you said josh it it was kind of clear almost from the very outset that this was going to happen it wasn't any real great big reveal like clearly they weren't nice people um and it just took a while for everybody else to catch up from where lee was kind of standing in the first place i just but it just felt it felt at times poorly written like some of the characters a lot of that section when you're in the farm was it's paced quite long and it was slow yeah. and you know after episode two as you know a lot of big difficult choices being made I just felt like uh, you know I don't you know the yeah. kill or not to kill these characters I I don't really have any attachment to them other than they've been kind of 
you know bad to the group that I'm around. I, th- so. I think episode three is much stronger for the opposite reasons because I didn't see what was coming in this episode. There's several yeah. things where it's just like that came out of nowhere and not mm. in a like uh, it was forced. It felt completely natural for those situations to arise mm-hmm. but you don't see it coming from a mile away like you did with episode two hmm. yeah yeah no definitely i think i think probably yeah yes episode two suffers from falling into some some tropes uh i felt like they were they were going for just some clear barometers of what players could expect in this world in terms of uh the hostility of other groups and feeling isolated in your own little group and and they were almost using it just as a you know we've done the opening to set the world now we're going to set the moral tone of of this episode and really get you used to making these decisions um and the unfortunate thing is that most of the decisions in in the episode don't really seem to make much difference uh to my appreciation of of the game i mean um there's what there's one decision at the beginning of episode three that doesn't really seem to have a great bearing either, to be honest. And it's just you know it really makes no odds whether you you kill or or um, don't kill uh, the the Saint John's. Aside from the emotional response you have, to it's just it. a moral, so, so yeah. they're going for the, they're going for a listing emotional response in episode two. I would say mm. um, to get you used to the stakes that are that are at hand. I think. Right, so on to episode three, A Long Road Ahead. Um, You start off inside a town searching for supplies. Uh, The tough decision you're almost faced with straight away is there's a woman down below you, how she has survived this long being as noisy as she is, but she's caught inside a a closed-off area. Clearly she's going to be killed. She's screaming the place down. Everyone's coming towards her. Um, And you make the choice of do you kill her or do a mercy killing um, or do you leave her to be basically eaten and as a massive distraction for you to collect the the stuff you need from the store without, without zombies kind of working out where you are? Me personally, once again, I'm a soft touch. I mercy killed her, thus causing more problems for myself. I shot her as well. Like, this may... That's I not feel like, like you, I'm Josh. Actually, I, <laughs> I feel like I'm contra- contradicting myself <laughs> because I mentioned before how like I don't think like people should be killed uh, because they've done bad things but I'm actually I've actually killed like two people but in both situations uh one of them with Larry was that I felt like he was dead anyway and he was a threat to the group and here she was going to die anyway the choice hmm. was was she going to die horribly screaming slowly as she's you know eaten alive <laughs> or do I shoot her in the head and she feels nothing and I felt in that situation shooting her in the head so she feels nothing was the you know morally right decision to make um given the choices she had uh of you know obviously it causes problems for me because suddenly every zombie in the area knows where i am but i you know what i've been in situations like that before i think i can handle it it's it's just funny actually you, you mentioned that like by now the zombies really like you you kind of understand their behavior their patterns yeah um and you you know, it, it's the characters around you that, you know, we alluded to right at the start of the game that you start becoming more wary of. Um, but you feel like you do have a 
a little bit of control of the zombie situation. So I thought, like, well, certainly with the <laughs> game type. a classic type, mistake. Yeah, I know. But, you know, within the game anyway, you feel yeah. like, well, what's the worst that can happen? I mean, it, within this scene, there's zombies. You have less time to get medical supplies anyway. Yeah, that's the interesting thing in this situation. Um, the choice you're presented is you will have more time to collect supplies, as it happens in hindsight. But I think at the time, I, I didn't buy it. I thought, no, the number of zombies that are here, the, potentially when you get inside the pharmacy, there'll be more. I didn't see that it made much difference to the amount of time you would have um, leaving that woman to, to suffer. Um, and and also, it's the way the decision's presented. Kenny is very much encouraging you to do that, and it makes him seem cold and heartless. Mm, Therefore, it say, the decision, I think, the way it was presented to you was, come on, let's be cold and callous and do as Kenny does, <laughs> whereas it's actually giving you a negative role model for you to say, I'm not going to be like him. I'm not going to do what Kenny wants me to do in this situation because I don't like the way he is explaining the situation mm. to me. I don't like his view on it. Um, I think it actually pushes you towards shooting uh, the woman by, vir- by so, virtue uh, that you're not in danger at the time and you can do something for her, um, which I guess is where you're coming from, Josh. If you yeah. were in danger at the time, maybe it might have made a difference, but um, but no. And, and this this decision is the one that I meant... Uh, was a bit more like the ones in in episode two, where I, I I don't see if you get the extra time, you get extra supplies. It might change a little bit about Lily's reaction when you get back to the motel, but it makes absolutely no odds. Um, you're still in the situation where you're at the motel, you're running low on food, you're scavenging for supplies, a few extra on one trip out to to make and makes no odds whatsoever. Um, yeah, I had no hesitation in, in shooting the woman and I quite enjoyed getting Kenny's disparaging looks towards me. I thought you were going to say, I quite enjoyed shooting <laughs> no, Kenny for a second there. <laughs> well, we, got, we got previous from other victims. Um, so you, you head from there, you head back um, to the motel with your supplies. Clearly the situation between Lily and Kenny has really deteriorated. They're, they're at, basically, they're locking horns. Um, there's a is this actually this is the point where there's talk of supplies going missing and blah 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 um but before you can really well you solve the supply thing and you learn it's ben isn't it that's that's been hiding the supplies uh, you don't find that out not until, until later the later, yeah okay. when you're at the the train um Okay, yeah, so you you find the supplies have been taken, uh, where they've been stashed yeah. outside, uh, and it turns out that you know somebody in your camp, we know it's Ben um, at this point, because we played through the game. Um, <laughs> we know it's Ben who's been doing it, but the bandits are unhappy that there's not enough supplies, and they attack your camp. Kenny finally gets his way, and everyone jumps into the RV that he's been working on and so proudly, uh, and actually leaves the motel, and Lily is not happy about this she's not happy that you know her authority has been um stepped upon and somebody has been you know sneaking supplies out from underneath her and she feels somebody should pay this comes to a head when she stops the rv and she accuses ben and carly or, or presumably yeah, yeah, doug yeah. if doug's still around i would imagine yeah yeah we, none of us know because we didn't keep doug alive mm, but I would, doug. yeah either be um be ben or or doug um, and whoever is not Ben gets it, I guess. Yes, so they, she takes him outside. You, there's a big discussion. Um, 
there's a lot of finger pointing. I was trying to be Mr. Nice Nice Guy in the middle, trying to mediate, saying we can sort this out at a different time. It's all about teamwork, blah, 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 blah. Um, and Lily goes a little bit crazy, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and shoots Carly. Now, I didn't know whether that it was actually a choice for Ben to be shot in this situation. I find out later on in the game, it's actually, I don't think it is possible for no, him to be shot. No, but Ben's, So Carly yeah, is going to die, whatever. Now, what I didn't, allude upon is actually in previously to that um you can actually kind of flirt with carly and actually have feel like there's some sort of bond between you two yeah um, definitely. which i did and so i was kind of a little bit upset when she got killed and it's hmm. it's so quick um and it's so out of the blue <laughs> well not just in this episode i feel like my conversations with her all the way through the series up until now made me feel quite attached to her mm-hmm. uh, as a character more so than anyone else in the uh in the group and so when she just suddenly drops dead it was such a gut punch because yeah. they didn't just kill you know some character i didn't like they killed possibly you know my favorite character in the group yeah. at that point mm-hmm. and which basically said to the player everyone's fair game like there's nobody safe like anyone could die Uh, which is such a great statement to make at this point in the game because it makes the uh you know the closing episodes so much more tense um just another thing to add uh did you guys have the um what they called the things that pop up that tell you uh, when characters notice stuff and stuff like that important decisions yeah yeah, when the Um, decision is important uh, there's a point where um, when you're defending Carly, uh, it says, oh, Carly will notice that. And uh, a lot of, because pl- I actually had it turned off, but a lot of players told me that that was important because it tricked them into thinking Carly was yeah. safe. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, that, yeah, undoubtedly, the fact that popped up just enhanced the shock when she suddenly dropped dead. Um you know, not ten seconds later, because that comes so out of the blue. And yeah, if you've, especially if you've just been told that you defending her, which as as Tony's sort of suggested, you're you've been encouraged, especially at the beginning of episode three, but it's built over all three episodes. You've been encouraged to feel like she is at least a kindred spirit, at least someone you can rely on who isn't within the Kenny Lily mess that's going on who doesn't who you can step outside of the the diplomatic role you're having to play and just be honest and open with because you've established this relationship this shared secret that you have about your own past and she's counseling you to make sure that you tell people Mm. what you've done and you know she's really encouraging you to encouraging Lee I guess to to develop a, as who he is and develop into a leader um yeah and then to have that moment where Lily well, shoots her it's, it's hard not to feel really right. awful towards Lily and it's not like the Kenny and Larry choice where like he feels that the entire group are in danger no this the, this the decision yeah. these right. this is vindictive just, on Lily's part yeah, yeah. it's cold blooded murder at that point clear i mean clearly something snaps inside her head that allows her to do this and she feels well, you feel like she feels pretty much repulsed that maybe she's she's made that choice, but yeah. it's yeah, it's so quick, it's so sudden, and it's on a person that you have grown attached to. And that, it's you know, clearly it's, a, a pretty well to me. And again, this may be like Josh, my my own personal politics, but it, that seems like an indictment of uh, capital punishment to me. 
because Lily has made this decision based on the evidence she thinks she has available at the time, and yeah. you then find out not half an episode later that actually it was Ben. So Carly oh, has been yeah. shot and was so, in- innocent, literally was so, innocent. So did you leave uh, Lily behind or pack her back in the RV to work out what to do with her later? I, I, I left her behind because yeah, at her. that point I felt she was a danger to the group. Yeah, she's I more of a danger I to the group than most of the walkers are, yeah? Yeah, I, I wasn't going to kill her like because, uh, as I said before, I don't think that's my right, but I don't have to save her either, so she's yeah. you know being left behind. I, I saved her. Oh, God. <laughs> now, my, once again, it, I, I, I took this moral standpoint, like, if if you know, I, I haven't left. Mind you, saying that I left the uh, the brothers behind in their fates. So I just maybe felt that she was part of the group. That in fact, there's you know, even if she was just tied up, we could deal with her in some way later. That you know, she didn't necessarily deserve to die. Kind of like I maybe I regret that now because what she does, she steals the RV. <laughs> so right, um, you know. Is she a character in? She's in the, in the comics. Dead? Yeah. Uh, so, so she wasn't ever going to be in threat of. I didn't death. know that. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, actually, um, she's involved in a major story arc in the. Uh, and is she comic is such books. a bitch in the comic book? Uh, well? Yes, she is. Uh, <laughs> although compared to the person she works for in the comic book series, she's actually all right. Um, <laughs> I will not say any more. Read the comic books. Yeah, I I didn't know Lily was in the comic books until after this decision, but I had no hesitation leaving her behind. An RV on the road, we've already proved, is a fairly vulnerable position to be in. Um, It's already a heated, tense atmosphere and close quarters with guns, and Lily is, no, never going to happen. She was perfectly capable of taking care of herself. Um, Yeah, that's another thing. I I had no hesitation leaving her. I, I I didn't I didn't I didn't feel like I was leaving her to die if no. you see what I mean because I felt Lily was you know strong enough and capable enough to fend off any zombies that came to get her yeah. um, but like there was no way I was leaving her on the RV with the kids no, no, especially <laughs> Jesus Christ so yeah who would okay, she have shot well, next and thrown out the back window because she didn't like the look of them yeah. Well, I mean, if you keep her on board, you can have further conversations with her where she actually, she kind of protests her innocence of where she, you know, she felt like, you know, that needed to be done. And you do get a sense that there's more of a human there than, than you know, if you just left her on the side of the road to deal with herself. Oh, that would have made me dislike her even more. Okay. No, if she tried, yeah, to, she justify tried to justify that, her no, actions, I'd, no. I'd hate her even more. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or if she tried to play the pity card, I didn't know what I was doing. No, no, she, oh, she, she did win. what she did, and she, she, <laughs> she knew what she'd done as well. So no. Okay, so you all get back in the RV. Unfortunately, you have to leave uh, Carly behind, um, and your your path is blocked by a train in the middle of the road. Mm-hmm. Not good, but luckily you realise that the train, in fact is going to lead you all the way to Savannah, the place you've been trying to do to get to uh, the boat. I forgot his name. Kenny's boat. <laughs> to yep. get to Kenny's boat. Oh, Kenny doesn't have a boat. He just thinks there'll be loads of boats he'll there waiting. I thought he said he's, done, he's a sailor. He, ah, okay. He's sailed, but he's not, lo- he's he's, not he's looking a fisherman, for his boat. He? Yeah. He's just yeah. looking for a boat. Okay, so in fact, it's a stroke of luck because a train will lead you straight there and it's a big immovable object. Um, so you, uh, there's a big chunk of the story we have to work out how how to get this train started. And that's that's actually quite fun. You have to look at different things and, and work up the startup procedure, which I actually found quite an interesting distraction. Um, 
but the major plot points here is well you meet a, a character called Chuck who in fact has been living on the train so it's kind of his train so but he's uh well I guess he's I want to call I want to call him a homeless person but really everybody in The Walking Dead is yeah. homeless in some degree but he's made this place his home and he has that demeanor of somebody that's been he, on his he own was for a long time before the um before yeah. the zombie uh, outbreak so yeah but he seems harmless enough um the big reveal here is that Duck has in fact been bitten um, escaping the, the camp um, I, I, how or when I think he's, he's trying to get back into the RV um, yeah and, as you're getting into the RV you're fighting off um, mm. the bandits and the walkers start coming in at that point and Katia and Duck uh, and Clementine are isolated on one mm-hmm. side I think and as they're trying to get in, um, there's a walker attacks them, and you, I think you shoot it off or they get away from it. And clearly Duck's been bitten at that point. So Duck's not looking so well. He's looking a little bit grey, uh, and Katiana's looking very, very worried. And it's it's quite touching to see. Yeah. Um, and you, you do think this situation can't end well. Uh, but Kenny is convinced that there is either a cure or something can be done. He doesn't have to die. Um, and that causes a lot of tension between you and uh, him and Lee. Um, Kenny's running at this point. Ken- Kenny just wants to be at the front of the train to get where he's going because his plan yeah, to is to get to Savannah. And as far as he's concerned, if he gets there, he's everything will be fine. He's literally trying to outrun the reality of Duck's situation, um, mm-hmm. which infuriates Katia, obviously. But I think it's an understandable reaction. He just doesn't want to face the reality and he's got something he can focus on to distract him from it. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, it is his kid. I mean, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I, 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 I'm not a parent myself, but I know uh, parents who have actually lost children, and I know that yeah. destroys them. Um, yeah. And I perfectly understand him not wanting to face that reality because a lot of, yeah. for a lot of parents, that basically destroys them, um, and it's a horrible thing to see. Yeah, yeah, and it's, you can't really do justice. I mean, we 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 kind of hop, skip, and jump through a lot of this stuff, and there's a lot of interaction between uh, and Duck and his parents, and even you and Duck. So you are quite attached to him by this point. To so to see him in this situation and to see his mother so distraught about that, it's you know it's hard to put in words. But you you know you clearly this isn't going to end well, and it doesn't. I and mean, ultimately, you get the train working it, and it's it's trugging along. But um, Katiana tells you that um, it. You know, Duck's not gonna make it, um, and you need to go and tell Kenny to stop the train. And uh, I didn't know how to word this on my document, so I said, "Put Kenny down," <laughs> um, which isn't nice, I guess. Um, you mean Duck? Duck, yeah. Put, sorry, put Duck down. Yeah. Or um, put Duck to rest. There you go. That's what I put. Well, Katia says she's gonna go and kill him. Doesn't doesn't she? Uh, she yeah. takes him off into the woods, but then you hear the gunshot, you go there, and you find that Catcher's killed herself. And then it's you and Kenny, basically, and you're left with the decision whether you kill Duck or Kenny does. Mm-hmm. Um, what decision did you guys make? I um, I'm really happy with the way this... No, happy. <laughs> I was really just yeah, So <laughs> Telltale Sign 101, yeah. Um, no, I, I was satisfied with the resolution of this because I decided that at that moment, 
Kenny could not process what was going on. He hadn't yet admitted to himself the gravity of Duck's situation, and he'd just seen his own wife shoot herself. Mm-hmm. I killed Duck, and later on, I think I was satisfied with the fact that the mirror situation when you get into Savannah allowed me to to give Kenny that moment to, to do the right yeah. thing and the resolution. We'll come to that later, but at the moment, I... I thought Kenny was in no frame of mind to do it, and I hoped he would see that. Uh, and, and if he did need to blame anyone for the situation, I figured it better that he blamed Lee than himself, uh, because he could resolve that with Lee. But I don't think he could resolve blaming himself. Um, um, I I was the opposite, um, and I, I actually want to talk about earlier moments as well. There are hmm. a lot of uh, conversations between Catcher. Uh, Kenny and you about uh, Duck's situation yeah. interestingly the game and we haven't brought this up actually gives you the choice to say nothing during those situations and I, I chose that option. I, cho- I picked the option to say nothing during every single conversation about Duck's fate between Catcher yeah. and Kenny because in huh. my opinion, I felt I had no right to say yeah. anything about you know their child and its situation. It's their decision as parents, and I should have nothing to do with it. And so when the situation came where um, I was faced with the decision, do I kill Duck or does Kenny kill Duck, I felt like it wasn't right for me to kill Duck because I think... Kenny needed to have closure on this situation uh, and of course later on uh, the thing you were referencing I killed that child in the attic because mm. I felt like it wasn't right to make Kenny go through that situation again um, yeah. a lot of people have actually, I've been listening to Joypod just to reference another podcast and they've actually been giving um, I forget who it was who it's, made the same decision it's James, yeah. James made the same James decision as me. A lot of stick, yeah. And he's been getting a lot of stick from them. But I actually ag- agreed with his argument. Um, mm. They consider it consider it uh, monstrous, but I actually thought it was sound logic. But anyway, no, I, I like the fact that both ways that plays out. I mean, obviously, you could be in the situation where uh, you killed both boys, or Kenny killed both boys. But I think. Doing it the way round that 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 we did effectively meant that you, you had Kenny killed killed one boy, be it Duck or or this boy in the house, and and Lee the other, or vice versa. Um, I think that actually had a nice sort of circular uh, narrative to it. It, it. Either way, you felt like you were doing right by Kenny, and then getting closure on your part in that. So if if you killed Duck, you needed to almost atone for that by by getting Kenny to overcome yeah. his feelings. And and if you got Kenny to kill Duck, which I I, I see as a perfectly logical not logical is the wrong word as a perfectly valid <laughs> yes Spock <laughs> as a perfectly valid choice to make at the time to get Kenny to face up to what he's been avoiding up to this point in episode three. Then later on, you would not want him to have to relive that. So you again, you get to feel like you're doing right by Kenny. So I think either yeah, way, either way works as a nice narrative coupling, if you like. The interesting thing about that is that you obviously don't know that scene is going to happen in the attic where Kenny yeah, has no, the chance is... for redemption. Well, not redemption's the one, but chance for closure yeah. on something he, you know, he couldn't probably do the first time around. Mm. I mean, I, 
completely agree with you, James. I mean, I went down the route that you went down, hmm. um, and I, you know, I can tell you whether that was a, you know, a, a parenting issue or, or hmm. whatever. But to me, it felt like Kenny just if if he had to kill his own son at that point, the logical next step for him was to turn the gun on himself. Like it would have just been far too much. I mean, nobody has should have to kill their own. Um, you know, blood or really kill anybody but you know in that situation i think he was still traumatized by you know his death of his wife and you know quite selfish in his his reason I mean, he marks on that you know selfish death of his wife there and not mm. facing up to reality um but he looked so distraught that you know i yeah. i felt like as a friend which i felt like i was at that point that you know i would take the burden of the death of his son on my shoulders rather than weigh him down that much more but to your point josh i can i i do agree with you that you know he needed a closure point and without thinking that maybe he could get that later on the game it is actually a, a fairly brave decision to say no you're not going to get that i'm going to give you a, an easier ride uh and you know if if that wasn't a choice within the attic then you know that's really something that could have haunted him for the rest of his life so yeah. you know under that circumstances i can see why you made that choice but for me it, i was always going to be the one you know helping my friend out uh, yeah, yeah. It felt like emotionally helping my friend out. Yeah, I think I think having either Lee uh, kill the boys both times or Kenny kill the boys both times would have felt imbalanced. Yeah. But I like that again. At this point in episode three, we don't know that the the point in episode four is going to come up. But looking back on it, I like that you were given the option to 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 have Lee and, and Kenny both do that and it created this really well, nice narrative sort of loop and, yeah. and, cl- and closure for for both characters i think yeah we, we talk about the point in episode four yeah, so we yeah. can just you know breach, breach, briefly touch on it as and when we go past but for me yeah it's um i thought that was a, a, a brilliantly written scene because um you know the, he does talk about closure he does you know the, the way he acts um when he's having to to make that choice to to kill the boy in the attic yeah um it's brilliantly written because you can see that you know it means more to Kenny that he does have this weird sense of closure that and he can yeah. you know almost project that his his son that he's actually killing um rather than just a random stranger and it's it's brilliantly written now it'd be interesting from your point of view Josh of how that plans out if Lee is the one doing the killing there and Kenny is more dis- you know disattached to it well, uh, during my scene, um, I don't remember the exact thing Kenny said, but he actually suggested, like, I can't do this again, yeah, uh, okay. and stuff like that. I can't, I can't actually kill another kid that looks like my son. So for me, it felt like, okay, I really can't make this guy do this again, relive the trauma. So for me, I, in that moment, because of the decisions I made in the past, it felt right for me to do it. Yeah. Mm. I think either way you're left with one decision where Lee is is sacrificing a certain amount of his own humanity. Well, not humanity, but he's he's taking the burden in order to to spare Kenny. And and the other decision is allowing Kenny to take control of his own situation and giving him closure. And it works either way around. It really does. Um, There's a great scene before that as well where... um Clementine and uh, Leah talking about why Duck yeah. must die and whether she understands that you know the reasons behind that and you know she you know you could see her growing up mm. that yeah she understands mm. why Duck even her you know her best friend in the world at this point yeah. unfortunately you know isn't 
no longer human. Yeah. Uh, or, yeah, must be, yeah. And that's all part and parcel of the conversations that Lee is having with Chuck about Lee's role in getting mm-hmm. Clementine to where she needs to be to grow up properly and to, to be able to deal with the situation and, and not just the literal situation, but the emotional situation and, and the the hurt and the suffering that she's seeing going on around her. And I think yeah. it's great that you get the opportunity not just to to physically um, help Clementine in, term, in terms of cutting her hair and and making sure that she's able to hold a gun, etc., which which you can you can do, but also just taking the time as as often you 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 know you think I certainly remember my parents doing, and I think most parents probably do, which is just sit down and, and talk to any child, their child, you know, uh, a child who's in your care about their take on things and, and helping them resolve. Cause this, these situations are all going to be very confusing for Clementine. She's, she's in an extraordinary circumstances. She won't know what to make of them and you don't need to be able to tell her. You just need to be able to let her know that she can talk about this stuff and she can mm-hmm. come to her own conclusions and, and that's when it come, you know, the idea of Lee being a good role model comes in as well because you're demonstrating to her how you think uh, decisions should be made and and life should be lived, and then giving her the chance to reflect on what she's done and you've done and and make decisions as a, about her own life. Okay, so that I mean, I think actually that's of all the decisions in the in the entirety of all five mm. episodes i think that's a decision that a lot of people uh, always come back to and, and talk about in groups uh, um it's probably worth spending an extra you know, few yeah. minutes and actually getting our feelings out there um so we continue on now that's unfortunately you know they've been left behind um the train must keep on trucking and we head back we head towards savannah unfortunately the the train has to stop because there's a lorry hanging across from the top of a bridge hanging down onto the track and you need to you can progress no further until you move it from there uh this is where you meet two new characters uh is it christina and omid yeah krista and omid yeah krista krista and omid two out two in yep um and you know they for some reason they agree to help or you agree to let them into your uh your little ragtag gang <laughs> um um, there's a moment actually just before they join your group where um, uh, you and Omid are like stuck at the top of the bridge, aren't you? And the train is going off. Uh, you're about to leave. Uh, you uh, you either have the decision to you know try and push Omid off or something like that. But later mm-hmm. on, when you're trying to get into the train, there's a moment where um, apparently there's a choice between letting Krista or Omid on the train helping them on the train the thing is i didn't know it was a choice um (laughs) i helped krista not thinking it was like a choice just thinking oh i'll be able to help omid next and then the game decided how could how could you save her first before saving the clearly crippled (laughs) guy that you know broke his leg i was like oh whoa whoa wait a minute i didn't think there was a choice here there's a very specific reason for that because the the camera focuses the camera is on Krista and you actually have to pan almost off screen to get yeah. your crosshair over Omid for the prompt to pop up to save him. Um, 
Either way, Josh, I've, I was re-watching that on YouTube video today because I wanted to see um, the bit in, in the room where you're getting the blowtorch um, for reasons we will talk about a, a little bit later again. Um, as it turns out, either way, you are chastised pretty heavily for whatever you choose. Um, Omid goes nuts at the fact that you didn't help out the woman mm. with, and and then Krista comes running up and hops in like it's nothing. So yeah. again, that's quite nice because you've got Omid who obviously it's not because she's a woman. It's because he cares about her that he wanted you to save her. But it, it clearly is saying you don't have to choose the woman because women is, are as capable as men as taking care of their, themselves. Um, I, I, so I, either way you're, you're chastised for the decision you make. Uh, personally, I helped Krista up out of no particular reason other than she was slightly further behind than Omid. And I figured like you, Josh, it would be easier to pull Omid in with a bad leg. If there were two of us on there able to pull him in. Um, uh- the thing you, I think it this is one of the there aren't many but this is one of the points in the game where I feel like the choice system was actually horribly handled <laughs> because I I just personally I didn't feel there was a reason why I couldn't help both of them and hmm. my actions were the decision I made and I I to this day I don't really feel like it was a decision I was simply picking the person i was going to save first yeah. not who i was going to save i i like if the game had actually <laughs> presented me the choice i would have gone straight back and you know grabbed omid yeah. as well um but, but that's the trick isn't it it's not giving you the choice because yes you may intend to save both but you don't have control over what happens in the 10 seconds between you pulling Krista or Omid in and then going back for the other. They could trip yeah. or, or the train could suddenly jolt forward or you know any number of things could happen that would prevent you from being able to save the second person. I think I, you're right. It just seems that every time you have a yeah. choice, you're never given the opportunity to go back for the other person. Well, well, well the thing is, I feel like in most situations in the game... Um, it actually does a good job of saying, well, fate was against you. You know, there there are reasons, really valid reasons, yeah. why you couldn't help the other person. But in this situation, the person manages to climb on. So why the so hell why wasn't I given the yeah. choice? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. To, to me, there's a, there's a more interesting scene, which is before before that happens which is you, you go in, into a like a station house and, and yep. you know, ultimately you're trying to find a, a cutting device to get rid of this trailer which is a blowtorch in there um, and you get caught in there with a number of zombies and um, Clementine's been a real help actually one getting you in there and then two getting herself in a situation where you're trapped <laughs> and she's trapped uh, and you're having to defend yourself but I think that's the point where she has the ability to to pull the gun and kill one, but she doesn't. Yeah, you've you've either taken the opportunity to train her to shoot or not. I presume I I did give her the opportunity mm. to learn how to shoot, and this is her first test. She has the gun, which conveniently falls on the floor right under the gap into where she is, um, and she finds that she can't shoot the exactly. gun. Yeah. Um, which yeah is a really great moment. It's unfortunate that it's hampered by the worst mechanical part of the game. Yeah, I died a few times. Yeah, because it's not clear, again, a bit like Josh was saying, it's not clear what the choice is that you should be backing up. It gives you prompts over the zombie's head, but you don't have anything in your hand, but it doesn't tell you that. It's just really messy. But it's it's an important uh, story moment because you you see at that point that Clementine still isn't ready 
you know to to make that such a huge leap even if they are just zombies yeah but but equally well you also see that her and lee together as a team work very well because she's yeah. not able to shoot the zombie but when the zombie on her side of the gate appears lee just quickly says to her get the key and she does it without hesitation which shows that she has gone past the point of of needing someone to save her she is able to cope under pressure even if she's not able to pull the trigger on a, a zombie just yet. So, um, yeah, very important moment. And I like the fact that Krista comes in at the end and challenges you on what you're doing, taking Clementine into dangerous situations. Um, and it really forces you to think about, yeah, what am I doing? Because Chuck's encouraged you to do that, but Krista's really sceptical about it. And I really like the fact that you're forced to sort of... You don't have to defend your actions against her. You can... You can be quite self-effacing and say, I've no idea what we're doing. We're just trying to get through this, you know? Episode four, Around Every Corner. We finally make it to Savannah. There's a whole ordeal about um, getting there, there being zombies on the street. Uh, obviously, Omid is a bit of a... Uh, a um, uh, a liability at this point, yeah, almost. <laughs> um, because he's, he's limping around his leg. There's... Uh, a, kind of like a, a subplot of bells being a rung around the city. Uh, sometimes this moves zombies away from you. Sometimes this attracts zombies to your location. In this particular one, the zombies are attracted to your location and uh, many of the members of the group are put into danger. But they do eventually escape and they escape to a house. You need to work out. I quite like the, the working out how to get into the house, uh, eventually having to dig up the dog and use a dog collar to get through. Kind of gruesome, kind of funny. Um... Uh, so eventually you manage to get into the house and uh, board yourself up and this is kind of like base for the entirety of the episode 4 you can kind of come and go from here quite a bit but seeking refuge in the house you just you need to obviously make sure there's no uh, occupants inside the house that can has a possibility of killing you so um, Kenny obviously takes a wander and he manages to make his way to the attic now we've already talked about this in a, to a fair uh, fair degree but Kenny finds uh, a little boy in the attic. Now, has he turned, or is he just starved? No, he's turned. He, he's starved to death, and that's why he's so weak, uh, because obviously when he died, he was infected and therefore came back as a walker. But he's too weak to actually be able to get himself Even out moved. of the attic and, yeah. and feed. So, yeah, that's the situation. So we've talked about the choice that, um, you know, do you get Kenny? If I mean, if in our case, you know, we had killed Kenny's son and this is a chance uh, for me and James, at, at least, yeah. for Kenny now to have some sort of closure because the boy looks similar to his son and he's in a more capable place in his own mind to actually kind of yeah. shut that door. Uh, that was my decision anyway. But Josh, you were saying that you got Kenny to, to do the deed up in the attic. No, 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 no. Other way around. Yeah. No, way other way around. Lee to do the deed. I, I to save Kenny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't want him to relive the trauma, basically. You've been wrong. Certainly you're getting someone to do the same choice twice. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I think so. I think uh, if if Kenny didn't kill his, his son, then, then he needed the closure. So, yeah. Mm. Um, the story progresses. We we finally uh, now Kenny has done that. We we move down to the coastal part of Savannah in search of the boat that is going to take us away from this hellhole. The problem is there doesn't seem to be any boats, and the one boat that is there see, has a number of problems. In fact, is probably uh, damaged beyond use. Um, we are introduced to a new character at this point called Molly, 
who's a sprightly young girl that has been living in the city and uh she it looks like she's been kind of tracking you as well but actually that's yeah. the that's the the guy at the end we think now is it ever explained who is actually tracking you along the rooftops is it her uh, no, she she wasn't tracking you along the rooftops. Yeah. It's it the guy we meet later yeah. on okay. that's following you. Yeah. But but she is using the bells to ring, she's ringing bells in one part of town to distract zombies there, yeah. and that was just unfortunate that she happened to be ringing a bell near where you were mm-hmm. um, to distract zombies over there, so that she could free up another part of town to scavenge. She's quite a typical post-apocalyptic survivor in terms of she's she's a loner, she's very capable, um, not trusting of, of anyone through the experiences she's had um, and and kind of descends on the group as, as a, a threat initially until um, until she realises that, that you are not a threat to her. Mm. In fact, there's a great scene where she's just, just about to kill uh, Lee and... Clementine walks up and goes, "Stop, like, yeah. Clem! What the?" My reaction was, "Clem, what are you doing here? You should be at home." <laughs> like, oh, not my own death. But um, Molly talks quite a bit about a place called Crawford. Now, the place where you are, you see this this kind of wall of zombies on spikes. It's not a particularly nice sight, no. and you're thinking, "Who could do? Who could have done this?" And Molly explains a lot about this place called Com- Crawford. Now, Crawford is a place where. When the outbreak started, uh, they decided to go behind a barrier, collect all the stuff, so all the batteries and all the equipment in the area, and then have a a policy where no elderly, no children, or nobody sick was allowed within their camp. They would be ejected from the camp to be, you know, fend for themselves on the outside world. Um, so you could argue it's a bit harsh, but under you can under, also under circumstances you can say, well, it was survival of the fittest. Well, yes and and no. Survival of the fittest is never something that you can consciously enact. It has to be something that occurs through natural evolution. Um, yeah. And and anyone who pr- proposes that survival of the fittest is something that you can decide who is fittest is completely misreading what that that actual yeah. term means. Um, uh, survival of the fittest is what happens by you know via random chance. Yeah. This is fascism, yeah. um, and Definitely. that's why I have no sympathy whatsoever no. for the people who live here. It, because... It's also in- incredibly short-sighted. I mean, the idea that no mm-hmm. children and if you're pregnant, you will be kicked out of the place—that—that's th- a horrendous notion. How, how is that future-proofing for it's any sort horrendous. of society? It's just a, a absurd. Yes, like yeah. it's just thinking about the short term yeah. and not the long term. Yeah. Mm. Well, before we get to, to Crawford, you you do find yourself being attacked. Uh, the others escape, but you end up down in in the cellar. You find Chuck. Chuck's been killed, yeah, unfortunately. unfortunately. Um, in a rather heroic act, he uh, saved uh, Clementine uh, when Lee was unable to do so. Um, mm. And yeah, it's a real nasty moment because you're down in the sewers, you're trying to find a way out and, and Chuck's broken body is just lying at the side of the, the sewer there. He obviously hopes to escape down there to safety and unfortunately, as Lee finds out as well, the sewers aren't terribly safe. Uh, the zombies have made their way in there as well. Um, here you come across a, a, a group of survivors who apparently have previously been kicked out of Crawford. Uh, they're cancer survivors um and you meet a guy called vernon 
Vernon, yeah, Vernon, uh, who's a doctor who agrees to come back with you uh, and help uh, fix Omid's leg up uh, after a little. Con- There's actually a, a pretty good confrontation in there. It's a uh, you know uh, you have to use your wits and words there, but you can actually get killed by Vernon if you're not careful. Um, Did you so lie to him then? Uh, no, I think I told the truth. Oh, okay, all right then. Why did did you? I, did I you told him that I told him the truth, uh, mm. and he was you know completely pleasant with me. So uh, I, ass- I I assumed that anyone who got in a dangerous situation was in that because they told fibs. Maybe I embellished the truth somewhat. I'm not sure. I cannot remember. <laughs> um, everyone heads back. So you you regroup and everyone heads back to the the house. You find Clem. The time has gone missing, which is a really good scene because he runs. Um, Lee runs around the place shouting her name. <laughs> um, remnants of heavy rain again. Um, but you do actually find her. And she's hiding out in the shed. And lo and behold, there's a boat inside the shed. It's in front of your very eyes all along and nobody bothered to check <laughs> in. <laughs> mm. uh, but the boat needs a battery. Damn. Uh, also some fuel and you need some medication as well. So you hatch a plan to break into Crawford and steal it from the evil people. The game actually decides it's a tough decision whether you're going to take Clementine or not. And for me, I, I felt like I, I had this relationship with Clementine that she would be useful getting into small gaps and she could think on her feet. So I took her with me. So I didn't know if it was a tough... didn't felt feel to me like it was any kind of tough decision. I, I felt like she was safer with me than on her own. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, at least if she's with me in a potentially dangerous place... <laughs> I've got her eye, I've got my eye on her and I know exactly what she's doing and what's going on. Yeah. And and to be fair in this world in this reality they exist in everywhere's dangerous. So at, at least have her in a situation where I can actually act on yeah. any threat that is uh, endangering her. Not to mention you've only just uh, come back to the house to find that the people who should have been looking after her weren't or not as closely as they should be so yeah it seemed pretty well set up for you to and especially with chuck's advice of preparing her for um for life you know and to to be able to take care of herself it seems like it's set up to to take her with you but equally well the decision not to i think is understandable as well it's it's not it's not a question of morals here it's more just a question of, of personal opinion on how you're going to develop your relationship with Clementine so we all took to Clementine with us yeah, which, yeah I think it's just more right. interesting that way as well yeah, yeah I didn't want to yeah interesting characters as, as, as Lee's driving force emotionally I think it makes sense to have her with you so the plan is to, to sneak into Crawford we do that and we find in fact that Crawford great plan of survival of the fittest didn't work in fact there, the entirety of Crawford is, in in fact, a closed-off zombie area. They're everywhere, uh, um, and it just makes our task probably that much easier to find the supplies rather than that much harder, because they're easy to get around. There's a big plot point here about Molly's uh, sister being at Crawford and the fact that Molly had to sleep uh, to get medication for her sister, which is kind of... It was an interesting... Uh, subplot I found uh, made me kind of might like Molly a little bit more. It certainly speaks to the the reasons why Crawford fell down because this doctor was was giving out medication he should not have been. Um, so even though Crawford had these rules that apparently everyone within their walls subscribed to, it turns out that 
if it got them what they wanted, they would break the rules. And inevitably, when that's the situation in that sort of society, those people who feel morally or or for whatever reason they want to to break those rules um, are symptomatic of why it's going to come crashing down around you. Um, the group managed to collect all the all the tools and uh, the fuel, the battery, everything they need. Um, but unfortunately, before they can make their escape back into the sewers, the zombie halls manage to break into the building, so they have to flee to the roof. Next comes a a big, tough decision, which is... Um, I think, actually, this, there's a number of ways this whole scene can play out. But the main decision is that Ben gets himself in trouble, um, falls off a ledge, and uh, Lee grabs him at the last moment. Um, the choice is, do you let him go, or do you try to save him? Now... He does beg you to let him go. He feels like um, because he's he's confronted um, Kenny about yeah. the fact that uh, he was the one that that took the supplies. So in fact, that he feels guilty that he was ultimately responsible for, for his wife and son's death. So Kenny doesn't take that particularly well and, and votes to leave him behind. Um, so Ben feels like his death would be the solution to this situation, almost like. He'd be repaying um, he's, for the chaos that he's caused. He's trying to make he's trying to make amends. Or I guess it would be harsh to say he's trying to make a martyr of himself. But he feels like if he, yeah, if if he died, he could at least be free from the guilt, and it might mean that Kenny would maybe look more kindly upon his decision, given that he's now paid for it, as it were. Um, an interesting decision, but I had no no qualms about pulling Ben up and keeping him alive because that's it's he's not in the right frame of mind to make that sort of decision about his own life and, oh, and there's uh, thank no thank you James for saying that well, because yeah, yeah I mean I, I feel the exact same way you did because I like I felt like he wasn't in the right state of mind to make that decision yeah. and if anything if anything his willingness to say oh, look i screwed up just let me die tells me he's ready to change he's ready, he's to, ready to become yeah, yeah, a responsible human being yeah. i've heard arguments uh, to the contrary that you know well he's asking me to let him you know die and stuff like that so i felt like it was all right to let him die i don't understand that mindset no. at he's, all he's not in any immediate threat of of death because the other people that we've heard in that sort of situation where uh, you've compared it to to euthanasia we're talking about people who are terminally ill, as you said. They, they yeah. have a death sentence. Something is going to happen to them imminently, or or very, you know, close yeah. to um, that. They are going to die, or or potentially become a zombie, which some would argue is fate worse than death. Um, so, in that situation, you're you're choosing to allow them to allow them to have some kind of control over their the means of the manner of their death, but it doesn't change the fact that they they were already going to die. Ben's not. I feel like the real reason why a lot of people let him go is because he's kind of incompetent. Yeah. But I don't think incompetence <laughs> yeah, no. is a reason to let somebody no, die. So I'm, I'm left here wondering why I let him go. <laughs> you let <laughs> him go? Be because you're a monster. We've already covered You're a monster. Yeah. <laughs> no, because... You know, you, I mean, if you look at all the decisions I've made, um, you know, I, yeah. they're preluded with me actually saving people. Like, I, I don't... I I think I was all about trying to save him every single step. I backed him up, even when he was you know 
ultimately the cause of mm-hmm. people's deaths. Like I backed him up, and, and as always, I was 50-50. But I think there was just the fact that when he was hanging there, and you know, maybe I could have got him up, maybe not. But the, the almost a classic film scene where he lets go of me, that you know, he opens up his palm of his hand and he looks in my eyes and he basically begs me to let him go. And I think I, I don't know what came over me. That part. I was like, oh, okay, like. Is is this the way you want to go? So you know, is this going to be some sort of closure for Kenny or or what? Like, and I did. I just chose to to let him go at that point. The problem with that is the game does break you. In fact, you know, Clementine, you know, is pretty shot by it, and uh, Vernon really sticks sticks the needle in you. The fact that you're willing to kill a person because ultimately that's what he feels so you've done. How do they find out? Because from my memory and, and the perspective that I had when I pulled him up, everyone else had already gone out of that uh, sort of bell tower that you're in, um, that you're climbing up. I probably told, told the truth. Right, okay. Because um, no, one, no lie, one should so. have seen that at that point. Everyone else has hopped out of I'm the window. I'm not a liar. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it, it's, it's a strange one. Because you're right, Ben is profoundly incompetent. I mean, not just incompetent in making poor decisions but incompetent in every single way everything he's been asked to do he has screwed up um but i just felt that if we're willing to say this person i know it's not the reason that you decided to to, <laughs> I, to drop I, I him i think it was kind of like a heroic moment for him yeah like, yeah it was the only the time one he was ever gonna get do, one yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but but if if the argument is and i know it's not yours tony that he's incompetent therefore the world is better off without him well that's survival of the fittest that's crawford yeah. no, no, that's the decision they made same thing you don't you don't decide that if if he had continued to hold onto my wrist then i would have pulled him out but the fact that he opened up his hand and begged me was a different decision than just kind that of like that was a cry for well, help tony that was a cry for yeah, help well okay well I, I i was i'm really glad that you weren't with frodo in mount doom tony <laughs> because that would have been a completely different ending to that film well, um, it's got like four endings it's fine <laughs>
away. So that was a choice I made. Um, you return back to the the, the house um, and it pans to the morning after, where Vernon says that he wants to take Clementine with him away from you. That he he feels like the life that she will have with you is not as good as one that he can give with him and his kind of family of people and friends around him. Um, I don't know how that pans out. He was really upset with me about the Ben decision, so I'm not too sure how that panned out with other people. I, I, I yeah, I didn't buy it. He, he, it came out of the blue for me. It felt like it came out of the blue. I, I felt that Lee hadn't done anything to warrant that mm. sort of reaction. Um, was the way I felt because obviously he didn't have um any bad or what I felt were any bad decisions to to sort of hang He'd over my head or around my bad. neck. Yeah. Um, like the Ben decision, um, which I think would have given him <laughs> no. But you're saying that was brought up, and that that mm-hmm. would seem like the sort of thing he would point to and say, "Look, you're not fit for doing. You're not fit for bringing up a, a young child." Um, but in in my game, and I presume Josh's as well, I I didn't buy his reasoning for saying that Lee wasn't doing as good as he he could. I mean, yes, there's several times in the game where Lee is questioned as to whether he is doing whether he is perfect as a father figure or role model. And I was always fairly self-effacing against that and saying, no, I'm not, but this is, you know, no one is perfect as a, as a parent or a, a, um, a guardian. Um, you do the best you can. And so there was well, not no guarantee he'll do any better job than what you're doing. Exactly. And, and yeah, it, it really rang false. Um, mm. I didn't get Vernon's motive for saying it. Um, I didn't see that he had any particular attachment to Clementine that he would care for her any better than than Lee would, aside from the fact that he's a doctor and therefore she would have medical care for however long he was able to survive. But yeah, it, it felt a bit strange conversation uh, to have. Well, you, you never get the chance to act on that conversation because no. you fall asleep, wake up in the morning and Clementine has run away. Um there's this is a plot about you know what, trying to find her parents that she's conti- you know consistently having throughout the game, um, and you t- you've told her it's going to be quite hard to do, but whatever the decision, she will run away um, because it needs to forward the plot. Hmm. Um, so you go in search of Clementine. You run outside the house and you find her a hat and a walkie-talkie, um, and a surprise and- zombie. Well, you think there's some blood. You think it could be Clementine's. It's not. In fact, it's a zombie and it bites you. Oh dear, you've managed to go all this way, all the, all these hours, and then a simple mistake, you have been bitten. Um, now, this is a big choice. No, do it's hi- not. Do you hide the bite? Or do you not? You don't hide, you don't hide the bite. No, you, tell you never, them. ever, I, ever hide the bite. It's <laughs> like, that's not, that's not a decision. Like, like, did you, you do that immediately. <laughs> I'm... I'm I hit the bike. Oh, <laughs> God's sake. Josh, okay, I take back anything I said against you in your decisions the first half of this game. <laughs> well, no, no, no. The, the no, reasons, it, yeah. the, okay, the reason I, I decided at the point to hide the bike was I had a one-track mind. Like, I knew I was dead meat at this point, um, and I knew the choice I had was I needed to find Clementine, mm. um, and I felt that I was going to do that single-handedly, and it the game kind of made out like, you know, this is it. Like you're on your own. You, it's your choice now to find Clementine. So I, I hit the bite, and then everyone's like, "Dude, let's go along with you." And I was like, um, "Okay." <laughs> like, well, like I kind of got lured into a wrong decision. 
You'll be shocked to hear then that they all come along with you if you do reveal yeah, you have a bite. That's, um, that's in fact, the, they're more trusting of you. Yeah, once exactly. You reveal that's, the bite. The, that's the strange thing because in this game, where they don't really give you the, they they never give you the result of your decisions you expect. And I, I guess this kind of is in keeping with that. But the only way you can end up with no one coming with you, I think, is if you hide the bite because they think, oh well, Lee's perfectly fit and able to go and find Clementine. We can stay here and make sure the boat's ready, etc., etc. Um, whereas if you show them the bite, I don't think you can end up going on your own. Um, Interesting enough for me, Kenny came along in episode five. Can you have everybody in episode five come along with you? Uh, you, you can, but at the start, I'm yeah, it. I, I had didn't everyone get Kenny. Then. Yeah, I, I didn't get Kenny because I'd been quite appeasing of Ben, and Kenny still wasn't ready to forgive Ben. So he said, "If Ben goes, he stays," uh, and so Kenny stayed behind. And at that See, point, that's interesting. At yeah. that point, I was I was happy for Kenny to stay behind. He wasn't ready to forgive Ben, and and I wasn't ready to give up on Ben. Unlike some, um, you see, and for me, um, Kenny came along yeah. because. Because he had been my friend for the entire yeah. time and was like friends forever. Let's do this. And um, Omid and Christy stayed back. Right. So yeah, I think Omid and Christy are the ones that if you hide the bite, they will stay behind. If you show the bite, they will come. Um, I think that's how it works. And I think you can walk a fine balance and keep Ben alive and still have Kenny on side. But I, one or two of my decisions hadn't been to Kenny's liking. Uh, and certainly, then everything I'd done with Ben hadn't been to his liking as well. So therefore, it was it was very much binary. It was either Ben or Kenny for me. Uh, but Krista and Omid came along because I showed the the bite. So, I, how about for you, Josh? You said Kenny stayed behind. Was that the same for uh, you? Uh, no, Kent. Sorry, uh, Ben stayed behind oh, okay, for right, me. Yeah. Um, I basically decided because it was a similar situation to you, where Kenny was like, "Okay, I'm not." coming if Ben's coming and I just my decision was like Ben I like you you're all right but you're a bit unreliable and if I'm looking for Clementine I want somebody who's a bit more reliable and in the situation we were about to go into I thought well Kenny's the guy I can mm. lean on mm-hmm. so I brought him along um but I, I'm kind of interested to talk about like the logic behind hiding the bite from the rest of <laughs> oh, them because no. the thing is for me my my thought process behind saying okay i show them the bite is that these guys are my friends they yeah. trust me like all that's going to happen if i hide the bite is that if i manage to hide it completely and i turn into a zombie i'm a threat to them and i become a danger to them but if i show them the bite they're aware of it and they can deal with the situation when the situation arises um they're not going to. I trust them not to off me the moment they find out I have a bite because they, you know, they're emotionally invested in me. They're not just going to kill me on a whim. <laughs> I don't, it, it is an interesting one. I, I, for me, I, I don't know. I just felt the game was suggesting that um, just me myself was going to go out and and find Clementine. Um, so. Emotionally, it felt to me that you know to leave them with a strong opinion of Lee, rather than to leave you know the pitiful Lee's been bitten, he's probably going to die. That they were leaving Clementine in safe hands because Lee would go and rescue her. It's fine. As it pans out, obviously 
the game wasn't heading that direction. In fact, they wanted to to send you as a group. So I misread the situation. But you know, I I probably got a slightly different reaction on one or two circumstances, which will probably play a bit later into the game. So I don't know. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. You liar. Um, <laughs> let's move on. Well, that's why it's called a tough decision. So we move on to episode five. No time left. Uh, we enter the episode in a morgue. We've gone in search of Vernon, thinking that he's the one that's actually taken Clementine, and she will be there. It turns out that there's nobody there. Um, but we do have a choice. Now you have this bite. Um, the game gives you a <laughs> a, cho- a choice to solve the situation. That being, um, I mean, this is where I have to reveal to Kenny that, in fact, I do have a bite because he's standing right there and he tells me, oh, no, this is terrible. Um, the choice is, do you cut your arm off to stop the poison from spreading throughout your body? So, guys, arm off. Well, I, I guess it's a weird one, isn't it? Because I presume, Josh, knowing the comic book fiction more than either myself or Tony did, you would probably know that cutting the arm off makes no odds because you're already infected and yeah. therefore it's it's neither here nor there. For me, I still felt that although, although I knew everyone was infected, if the bite is what is killing me, and I'm not sure if it could slow the process down of, of me dying or not, I figured it was worth the risk because it, it could delay the process of me actually dying uh, yes I'm infected but um, well for me because I, I having read the comic books yeah. um, I know that cutting off the arm makes no difference to the no. fact that he'll turn into a zombie eventually but it has it has been shown that it does delay yeah. zombification so I did cut my arm uh, well I didn't cut my arm off Krista cut my yeah. arm off yeah. um uh, because even though it was inevitable, I thought, you know, any time, you know, I'm thinking about Clementine at this yeah, point. Yeah, at like, this point, it's, I'm, it's I, extra I, hours, isn't it? Yeah, no yeah, yeah. I, I know, I know, you know, Lee's death is inevitable at this point. Yeah. So at this point, I'm thinking any extra time I can give Lee yeah. so he can go and save Clementine is uh, time worth gaining. Yeah. You're yeah. crazy. Both of you are crazy. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll t- what, there's, there's, to me, there was no logical thing. You were bitten. It's in your bloodstream. It's, it's going to kill you. Like, yes, the bite is just the point of injection. It's not going to be the thing that continues to kill you. It's just the point of where the bite went in. The stuff's in your bloodstream. I was thinking, well, I take my arm off. Then, like, losing a huge amount of blood from that procedure alone, the traumatic of me of yeah. me doing that on my brain even if it I mean I think it was Kenny that, that did it for me in fact mm. if you go alone you have to cut your own arm off which is going to uh, be and if you go with only Ben see. I think you have to cut your own arm off as well because uh, Ben can't do it useless Ben is useless <laughs> but um, for me it was just like well the, the amount of trauma that will leave me in that will put me in no more fit state to save Clementine than slowly turning into some sort of zombification this of myself in fact when i meet clementine i'm there with one less arm that's going to affect the situation a lot more for her rather than me looking a little bit white and pale so yeah i i almost had no no thought process so i was like that's just ridiculous whatever don't do that move on but it's, then <laughs> hearing other people talk about how they did it i'm like really 
it's interesting Crazy. it's interesting <laughs> that you have this um thought process about this decision and not because for me like the decision we were talking about before the to show or not to show wasn't a decision well, in the, sa- in the same way this isn't whereas i see this decision as more of a tough decision as in like there's arguments for both sides like i totally understand your reasoning for not cutting it off but i think there's a valid reason to do it as well well in in the game sense it doesn't really change anything no. i mean you can uh you can look pretty badass walking around with one less arm i suppose through through the game um and you have less options <laughs> later on when um you're going around uh getting to the to the hotel where clementine is you can use both arms i think that, that's uh, an interesting determination of what makes one look badass to me. <laughs> i don't I, know. I, I, I can promise. tell you right now he does not look badass <laughs> he, he looks bad. like he's about to die yeah <laughs> You can choose to do that or not do that, depending on your sentimentality. For me, uh, well, anyway, from from there, then you you go up to uh, another bell tower. You ring a bell. There's a great actually scene where you, you're going up a ladder. I want to know how you did that with one arm, just like bouncing up a ladder, far, slowly far, but carefully. Yeah, it's far easier too. Uh, see, the time you're saving from not dying of being a zombie, I could have got up that ladder ten times as fast. So we'll get there. Um, <laughs> So yeah, you you work out that in fact that Vernon doesn't have or well, isn't there and doesn't have Clementine. Well, maybe has Clementine, but isn't there. So you head back to the house. Uh, yeah, you you return to the house, and in my case, found Kenny uh, knocked out in the shed and bolt missing. But I presume you found uh, Ben in the shed and bolt missing. Um, Josh and Tony, for you, the boat was just missing. No one stayed behind at the house, did they? Uh, I can't. Oh, wait, I already remember the boat was missing. There's a note yeah. left from Vernon that basically says, "I've not taken Clementine, but I have taken your boat." So long. Um, yeah, that that kind of came out out of the blue. I, I I wasn't sure what Vernon's reasoning was for deciding it was okay, given he is he is a guy who is grouped together with a bunch of cancer survivors, seemed to be interested in helping out people who he had no responsibility for because he came back to treat Omid and then took it upon himself to decide that actually they should just take the boat Ah, that reminds me, another decision why Ben, I let Ben go was the fact there wasn't enough room in the boat Oh, selfish man Wasn't enough room in the boat for all of us so eventually one of us would sacrificing (laughs) myself Um, Yeah, that was my plan at that point, although obviously it wasn't necessary in the end so once you find out the boat boat has in, in fact been stolen, the zombie hordes start to attack the house. Uh, you run into the house and barricade yourself. There's a kind of a cool standoff at the top of the stairs where everyone's emptying their clips ammo, and it looks like all is doomed. But suddenly they realise there's in fact an attic, which they've been in before. So I don't know why that was a bigger deal than it they, when they made it out to be. Mm. So they move to the attic and realise they've trapped themselves into a dead end. Um, there's some really interesting discussions to be had in this attic one of them being um if lee doesn't make it because at this point everyone knows unbitten um who's going to look after clementine if they manage to find her i chose um omid and chris there yeah this is kind of the um in mass effect 3 when you're on earth and you've got your last chance to go and speak to all of the characters this is kind of of it here i suppose um i chose omid and krista um krista had already bonded with um with Clementine, they seemed like they were fairly sensible, able to to show compassion when they needed to and uh, remove emotion from the situation when they needed to as well. 
um, it, it was a no-brainer. Kenny was in absolutely no fit state to be taking care of anyone um, at this point in the game. So, yeah, I spoke to Omid and Krista and um, asked if they would take care of Clementine once uh, once Lee was no longer around. Josh? Yeah, same here. Um, I went with Omid and Krista. Like, Kenny just didn't seem he'd like lost he it was... as well, didn't he, in the attic? Yeah, he, he, yeah. He, he, he was gone. He was far gone, so mm. it was a no-brainer. But because he loses it, he manages to throw something at... Isn't it he throws it or somebody throws uh, a statue out to wall and the wall breaks it down? It was me. Yeah, was that me, was yes. the weird thing. Although the the dialogue option didn't indicate that's what was going to happen, um, the dialogue option was was trying to calm the situation down, but it resulted in Lee picking up and throwing something ostensibly at Kenny, but it missed him and hit the wall. Um, odd moment. Uh, it was... Rather than having unforeseen consequences of a dialogue option, it felt like that wasn't the option I intended. It, mm. I, I can't remember the exact options, but it felt very disingenuous. It was it was presenting me a summary of what I was going to say as Lee, um, and then it did something completely different with it. Uh, I wasn't happy with that option, to be honest. Well, the upshot of that was that you managed to work out that, in fact, you can break the attic wall, which leads into the next-door neighbour's house. Uh, very convenient. So you escape across the rooftops. Now this is going to be different for all of us, I think. Um, the situation I had here was that uh, Krista fell into a hole on top of a roof. Um, yep. I uh, then we all tried to save her with a with a pole, trying to grab her to get her back up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kenny jumped down, picked her up, saved her, and then uh, the hordes come and, by the sounds of it, killed him. Not too sure yeah. whether that was because it was a bit muffled in thinking, well, he's probably going to come back for the sequel. But I believe there's it's, it's a chance. Quite different, yeah. yeah, it's quite different because you end up on the bridge, don't you? Um, what happens is as you're jumping out of the house across uh, across an alleyway, uh, the balcony sort of or the railing gives way, and and it's if Ben is alive, it is Ben that falls down, um, and you and Kenny both go down to try and help him. Um, it transpires that he has landed on the railing and it has pierced through his internal organs. Uh, it's it's not established which, but it's definitely through his abdomen. Um, possibly a lung has been caught. Uh, he, he is not going to make it. Um, this, this series of events is quite strange and I'm not sure there's much rational reason for why it plays out like it does. Um, you and Kenny are down there. There is one round left in the one gun that you have between you. Um, and uh, Ken- you can try and convince him not to, but Kenny basically locks Lee in a in a gated area with with a ladder access back up to where Omid and Krista are, uh, and Kenny elects to stay there with Ben. This is uh, Kenny and Ben's sort of moment of resolution um, with Ben having uh, having actually stood up to Kenny uh, and and um apologized for what he did but but uh, demanded that Kenny not treat him uh, the way he has been and so they have quite a uh, quite a touching moment i suppose um where they are both left behind and there's one bullet between the two of them uh i think you the idea is going to be that Kenny uses that bullet to to kill Ben and then is stranded there um I'm not entirely sure why Kenny had to stay down there. That's the yeah, issue that I have with this. Yeah, that felt odd to me as well. 
yes, okay, we can debate till the cows come home um, whether they were going to to use the bullet to spare Ben from becoming a walker and being eaten by the zombies. But I didn't see why that couldn't have been done from the safety of the other side of the gate and both Kenny and um, Lee make their way back up. It felt very much like Kenny sacrificing himself unnecessarily, which which was rather than redeeming him, it felt it felt cheap uh, to me. Yeah, see, that was, like it. it's interesting because I mean that sounds more emotional than what mine was, but mine was you hear Clementine on the radio, yeah, um, and I think Krista, oh no, uh, Kenny bumps into into the back of you, and the and the uh, walkie-talkie goes down to the hole, and Krista's right. like, we need that walkie-talkie to, oh, okay. to find yeah, where yeah. Clementine yeah. is, so she automatically jumps down in the hole, even though it's a pitch black hole, yeah. And like nothing good can ever come of that, um, and you know Kenny kind well jumps in to save her almost mm. as a redeeming thing for himself. Like you know he yeah. finally snaps out yeah. of the the kind of the depression he's sunk into at this point, um, and you know knowing that it's probably a, a, a fate of death for him to yeah. do that. Um, so it sounds like his redemption is better for mine, but yeah. story-wise, it sounds like yours was more interesting uh, with the uh, yeah. It, it certainly fits better as the relationship between Ben and Kenny. It just unfortunately um, they didn't paint the scenario quite as well as as it should have been painted to indicate why both Kenny and Ben um, were were dying in that case. It felt. Mm. To me, I don't know, Josh, maybe you felt differently, but it felt to me like it was just getting Kenny and Ben out of the way, two birds with one stone type thing, uh, just, yeah, just, no, to, yeah. just to get him out of the way and get on with the rest of the story. Uh, it didn't work. Um, yeah, not, I wasn't happy with that at all. It, it, it just lacked any kind of closure. Yeah. Like, I, I know there are um, you know, situations where characters get killed and there's no warning and so forth and so on, but it it just felt like Kenny being killed off screen, if that makes any sense, just mm-hmm. felt a bit wrong for the character. Yeah. And and I agree with everything James uh, has said. It it was cheap, and it did feel like they were just trying to get rid of Ben and Kenny yeah. so that they could concentrate on uh, Lee and Clementine. So that's happened. Um, in my situation, I decide to go it alone. I don't know if there's any other way. I assume not. No. Um, so you need to make your way to the Marsh House, which you believe where uh, Clementine is being held. And uh, you you fight a load of zombies along the way with a hatchet. Uh, it, it's kind of cool. <laughs> I kind of enjoyed it. It was a ridiculous kind of over-the-top moment. And I assume with one less arm, it looked kind of even more bizarre. Well, it, it kind of made sense at that point in the story because it felt like Lee had n- like nothing left mm-hmm. to lose. Like yeah. he didn't Completely care empty. about yeah. he didn't care about getting bitten because he was already bitten. He was going to turn into a zombie, so he might as well just charge into the group of zombies, you know, full force because you know he's going to die anyway. So he needs to focus on Clementine. And it's fair to say he's not looking too healthy at this point. No, yeah. No, yeah he's, he's looking Espe- awful, especially yeah. with uh, our version <laughs> where he, cause he, I think they did actually do a good job of, um, depicting how much his, uh, his, um, a missing arm affected him. And he, and it did look like he was, uh, drained due to blood loss and yeah. stuff like that. Hmm. Yeah. Which fits with the fact that he's just said to uh, Omid and Krista, well, certainly there's a minor decision here, but I I asked Omid and Krista to wait outside the city back where they'd come in on the train 
for Clementine. So Lee's only objective is to get Clementine out mm-hmm. of that building and on the way out of the city. So he doesn't need to make it any further than releasing her and telling her to get out of the city, um, which means he doesn't need to be standing for too much longer. Um, so, yeah, it, it 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 didn't feel like he was showing any unnecessary superhuman signs or anything at that point. It just felt like his determination, his willpower yeah. was going to see him through whatever came at him. And his willpower does. He manages yeah. to get to... Marsh House and uh, walk up to the stranger's room. This, this this guy you've been hearing on the walkie-talkie, this guy that you have, or you're convinced has Clementine. This guy that has been talking to Clementine for apparently a very long time on that walkie-talkie, and mm-hmm. obviously given her promises that he can help rescue her parents. Um, so you burst into a room and you find the stranger, and you have a number of conversations with him. Um, he's a weird, it's a weird old fellow. Um, <laughs> to say the least, um, he's a bitter man that's lost his yeah. his own family. Um, coming all the way back to the car that you found in the wood, where you know, you decided to take the stuff out the back. Um, that was his car, and then he he went into the woods with his wife, didn't he? Yeah. So the, the the situation was that as as he tells it, they'd left the car there. I can't remember why he says they did, but they'd left the car there and and, and gone out of the car. When they came back, the food was gone. And so mm-hmm. he had to then start hunting a lot more than he would have. And he took his son out hunting with him against his wife's wishes. And during one of those times, lost his son. Um, and that caused his, his relationship with his wife to break down completely. Um, and... Uh, then she left him, and and he subsequently found out that she had died. Um, I think that's right. I always get a little bit fuzzy on exactly how that happened, basically because I don't buy any of it. He's mm. he's his family fell apart in awful circumstances, yes, and he's looking for something that happened to him to blame someone yeah. else. Yeah, and and Lee's going to be held up to be a scapegoat no matter what. I think I feel more that way because I felt quite indignant about the fact that no I hadn't taken it and yes I didn't stop the people but you know how many people am I supposed to stop taking food he does actually he mentions one one or two other things in the game it's not just the food that yeah, he made. yeah. because of it, he's had the, the walkie talkie he's obviously been clearly talking to Clementine he knows one or two other bigger decisions that he's made throughout the day yeah. and I actually felt pretty solid with most of the decisions I, I made so a lot of the accusations that he was putting towards me was like, well, that's not me. That was my group. Like, you yeah. know, a lot of the, the major decisions which were made there, you know, you're you're putting on my shoulders, and I wasn't the one that made those. So, you know, why are you being vindictive to to me in particular and bringing Clementine into this, you know, into this? But yeah. so never it to me it never really mm-hmm. made sense. Now to Josh, it, it may have done because you you stole his food. Well, yeah, no, I felt responsible <laughs> for making him the way he was. Um, Interesting. No, I, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. When he started accusing me of being like a bad parent for Clementine and stuff like that, that's when I was like, okay, hang on a minute. Yeah. Like, I've been doing this all for her, like all for her benefit. Mm-hmm. I I completely disagree with your stance in that particular situation. But when he was like blaming me for the, you know, position he was in and what happened to his family, I did kind of feel, you know, partially Pang responsible. Of responsibility. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's a strange one. Cause, um, obviously uh, 
I didn't take the food. So, uh, I mean, yes, there's guilty by association. And yes, we're, we're all in the situation where you don't get to wipe your hands clean just because you didn't have any direct involvement if you are uh, morally or historically, historically or socially uh, culpable or, or at least benefiting from, you know, the situations where, you know, you're not responsible for something, but your forebears, be that in employment or um, family, are, and therefore you have to not take the blame, but share, you probably end up sharing in some guilt because you have benefited from the poor actions of those before you. And so there's a little mm-hmm. bit of that going on, definitely. But um, when he started uh, attacking the decisions that I had made regarding Clementine, with other characters, it felt like it was open for discussion. Even with Vernon, when he's saying, you know, you're not doing right by her, it felt like that was open for discussion and he's entitled to his opinion. But when this stranger is telling me outright that that myself or Lee have, have not done the right thing, I was, uh, no, I, I resented that, actually. Uh, I didn't regret a single decision mm-hmm. I'd made with Clementine. And also constructed this huge elaborate plan to lead you into this trap. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> like, and manipulated Clementine in order to do yeah. it by lying to her about her parents. Yeah, far, far worse. At least I'd had the yeah. decency to be honest with Clementine as much as I could. So, yeah, no. Exactly. So he wasn't going to take my Clementine. Um, but Clementine kind of saves the day. She sneaks out of the, the room where she's being held and she she actually uses a weapon on him, doesn't she? Uh, yeah, you have the option to. Well, Get you're, to you're asked to relinquish your weapons, and you and at that point, I relinquished all my weapons without question. Mm, so did I. I don't because, know why. Because because this was about getting Clementine out of there, mm. and if I could be honest with him, uh, even if it meant that that Lee wouldn't survive, and Clementine did, then that was fine by me. Um, but there's a bottle and a gun on the table, and you can indicate one or other for Clementine to use. Uh, I chose the bottle because uh, I didn't want to ask her to kill someone. I thought if she used the bottle, that would, as it turned out, did happen, allow her to to distract him enough that, that Lee could gain the upper hand. Josh used the... I used the... the um, was it a hatchet? Yeah, I think there is oh, another... Oh, it's a hatchet. Uh, knife. Maybe, maybe yeah, there is like a that. gun. Maybe it's, yeah, maybe it's a hatchet. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I asked her to use that. Um, Up close and personal. <laughs> yeah, um, and she doesn't kill the guy. She no. just really badly injures him. Um, this is interesting because I've been talking all the way through this episode about how uh, I don't think it's right to kill somebody when you've got the upper hand and it's like life or death and stuff like that, you, blah, 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 blah. I actually killed this guy. I choked him to death. And... Looking back, I think I probably wouldn't shouldn't I wouldn't have made that decision if I were to play this game again. But like heat of the moment, like because I I felt like I was feeling what Lee felt, and because this guy had dared to try and harm Clementine, um, I just choked him to death. It's odd because <laughs> I choked him to death as well, um, but I felt like the game didn't really give me an option too. The 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 struggle that you have with him, it it never felt like I had a choice to say no. Yeah, let's yeah. walk away from this. It was we're fighting each other. Yes, struggle, str- strangle, strangle, strangle. I thought if I let stop strangling, he would probably get back on top of me and have the upper hand. It almost felt like it was a one way choice here. Like this guy did, should die, but then obviously 
looking a bit further wanting to discuss this. No, you can stop choking him and you can let him live. So, James. I can't remember. <laughs> Literally, I'm not even, I'm not even joking. I, when you started talking about strangling him to death, I want to say I let him live, but equally well, I honestly cannot remember what, what I did with this guy. That's the weirdest thing. I, I think maybe because it's not a straight up dialogue option type choice. Uh, or or prompt like it was with the the bottle and the the hatchet for Clementine. I think I felt like I wasn't making a decision, which is possibly the best way to have decision made in a, in a game. Is if you don't feel like you're actually making a decision, you just you just do what feels natural. I, I honestly can't remember. It's, it's a pretty gruesome moment as well because yeah. as your characters Lee, you are you're looking so white and you're looking so dishevelled, exhausted. Every word for, for you know, could describe for somebody that is about to turn <laughs> into a, a walking dead, uh, and you've just strangled this person. You're looking at Clementine, and you're like, "Why would she ever trust me? Like, I've just killed this person with my bare hands. Look what I look like. Imagine if I only have one arm." <laughs> and she comes out and like, "Hey, Lee, are we okay? We move forward." <laughs> I'm like, sure. Yeah. Gonna take you to safety now, dear. <laughs> it's it's kind of a, a a ridiculous moment I found myself in. So, um, strangle the stranger or not, that that situation is is resolved, and your choice, obviously, you, your main concern now is to to get Clementine out of harm's way and back into uh, people that have the ability to take care of her. Um, you work out the fact that you know. A zombie attacks, uh, jumps out and doesn't attack you, but attacks Clementine. The the fact that you smell like a zombie or you look like a zombie, and sinif- sufficiently enough that that's actually a way to get Clementine out of the the area that is, is completely surrounded by zombies now. So you cut open a zombie and you cover Clementine's zombie guts, which not so nice, and she doesn't like, and she pulls horrible faces and broke my heart when she was doing that. Um, <laughs> Then you take her outside and you manage to navigate through the streets and the zombies don't take any notice of her, although she bumps into one it's like a <gasps> moment. But you manage to get through it. Um, but before there's any kind of resolution to this, you kind of, the zombification starts to take hold of you and you collapse into the street. Um, uh, waking up inside a building, realising that uh, Clementine had in fact dragged you into this building uh, to take you out of the street. How strong is she? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I think that's believable, especially with mine and James's case where he has one less arm, so it's slightly <laughs> less. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not much less, anyway. Um, so you're, you're now inside um, this. Is it a police department? Or is it just a. I suppose it is a police department. Um, uh, with yourself too exhausted to continue you, you're you looking very pale you are on death door um, and Clementine obviously it dawns on her that the fact that this this isn't going to end well for her surrogate father that she's, she's made with Lee um, but before that you need to do a few acts such as Clementine needs to handcuff Lee to the radiator which I thought is a good scene You know, he doesn't want to harm her so handcuff me to the radiator which is cool um, and you also need to, to get her to get the... Was it... What's she after? Keys to get out of the yeah, door? Yeah, keys to get out the back uh, the yeah. back way. There's a, um, 
a rear exit that is locked and there's a uh, police officer um, who's, who's sitting on the other side trapped. Yeah. Yeah. So there's various ways that you can get her to kill him. I think a baseball bat is the one that I chose. Um, and then we're into the final decision of the game. Um, it's a big decision. Now Lee has all but turned. So the character you've been playing through the entirety of this adventure is on the verge of becoming a zombie himself. Um, the choice that faces you is is thus. Clementine walks, opens the back door and walks away, leaving Lee in there to turn into a zombie but handcuffed to a radiator, not knowing what eventually happens to him, but you assume he'll stay there for a very long time. Um, or another choice, which is you get Clementine to... Uh, make a, a fairly tough decision which is to put the gun to Lee's head and kill Lee um, putting Lee out of his mystery and closing that door uh, before walking out now choices gentlemen this is an impactful scene for me this I mean I, I went with the latter of um, being shot in the head by Clementine I felt like for me it was a obviously I didn't want to turn into a zombie um, I felt that Clementine had grown up enough that I had taught her enough through all the experiences we had she's had enough understanding from different people who have died along the way that what was happening to me was not a good thing and that I needed to be released I needed the escape and if anything she needed to also do that herself although traumatic as it must be for a girl that young to, to perform such an act that it would close that chapter on me and she could then actually be a like a, almost like a full-grown girl and actually understand what she needs to do in the open world outside of my care and attention behind her. It's a, it's a strange one. By this point, I felt absolutely no no need for Lee not to become a zombie. I, I, you know, you see a lot of the a lot of the choices you have where we've talked about it effectively being sort of a, a, a kind death to to allow someone to kill themselves or help someone to, to die before becoming a zombie. Um given that decision for effectively the character that is myself, um didn't bother me in the slightest. It, I was going to become a zombie, it made no odds. I would sit there. By all accounts, zombies in this game, walkers um, aren't in any way reflections of the person they were before, so I would be dead, and yes, my body may be walking around, but I didn't see what harm it would do to anyone, um, given I was chained to a radiator and um, unable to do any any damage. So uh, I, I said to Clementine just to go... Um, didn't even cross my mind to get her to to shoot me. Odd. <laughs> Just Josh. I yeah. I had her shoot me. Um, my reasoning was that I felt it was an important lesson to impart on Clementine mm-hmm. that there are situations where loved ones are in. You know, they're terminally ill and you're going to have to kill them because otherwise they become a threat to you. Now, obviously, in that situation, I wasn't a threat to her, but if she's going to go out in that world on her own Mm -hmm. and try and find whoever to try and look after her, she needs to be able to make these kind of decisions for herself. And I thought by having her kill me, um, that was the right thing to do. Yes, as sad as it sounds, it was almost like the time for her to be a girl 
a child has now passed. You know, it's well, there can be no children in this world. Mm. You have to yeah. grow up, otherwise you die. And by you know, ultimately, sac- like I say, sacrificing a surrogate father, it was her way of saying, "Okay, I am ready now to." You know, you've almost Im- imparted your life lessons, and she's ready now to mm. to move on from you. But I've heard some real passionate arguments for and against in in this. Yeah, this one. I, I don't think this decision's clear cut at all. It's yeah, very. I, mean, uh, I think 50/50. in terms of loved ones having to be um, sacrificed for their sake and for and for Clementine's own, I th- I felt she kind of learnt that lesson with Duck. The conversation that that we'd had, I felt that she recognised that. Yes, it was incredibly sad for Kenny and Katia to have to um, to have to kill their own son but that she understood why it was necessary Out, outside of clementine here for a second um more more so than any other game i've played where i've had to make choices mm. any moral decisions or anything like that this final scene i actually felt like i was inside lee's head like the mm. the, the viewpoint of her her holding up the gun to me like there was i felt like i was lee i, mm. I know that sounds strange no um not at all. But it, I was completely embodied in that scene, in that character. Yeah. And almost as a selfish decision, I felt, you know, from myself, do you know what? I, I need the escape as much as she needs the lesson. Like, for me, this is a decision almost for myself. Um, and to see her kind of point the gun and, and shaking it in her hands and kind of have a cry, a tear down her eye, and for the screen to kind of go bang and black... That is a really powerful ending. In fact, I can yeah. think of other games in in other series where if they just pulled the trigger, the ending would have been that much great. I'm sure we all know what that is. Um, mm. And yeah, that's that's a, a real powerful ending to finish on. And I and I kind of feel may, maybe it's I don't know selfish, but kind of just fading to black is is a little bit of a cop out for such a character, you know, for such an experience that I've had throughout this game was like, oh, just let me turn into one of them. Yeah. It's kind of, it just felt right to me for this to yeah, be yeah. the so, ultimate conclusion to the journey I've had. Mm. Maybe it was because I played it in two sittings back to back across two days. But, you know, I was emotionally drained by that point. I was really shocked by how moved I was by this entire sequence. We're talking about the bit where um, you make the decision as to whether Clementine kills you or not. But actually for me, this... The bit where you tell Clementine that you've been in, bitten and you're infected, and the reaction she has to that was mm. no, just no, no, as no, moving. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, but- yeah. Well, just like it's a combination of the voice actress, uh, voice actress's performance, and the animation on her face, where she says, "No, that's not true," and yeah. I can't do justice to it. But mm-hmm. like. Her reaction to that just really shook me up. And then everything after that, like, I'm not ashamed to admit, I was really choked up during this entire sequence. Like, yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I I will hold my hands up. I was, I finished this game and it was about, you know, 20 to 2 in the morning um, because I wanted to get it done. Um, I was tired. Uh, and yeah, I tears welled up in my eye, and I came back out, and you know, my my wife was in bed. She's like, "Are oh, you finally coming to bed?" She said, "What's up?" And I'm like, "You wouldn't believe what has just happened at the end of this game," <laughs> yeah. and like it took me a good hour to get to sleep because yeah, I was but... mulling over 
decisions that I'd made throughout my journey, the decision whether what I'd done at the end of that game was right or wrong, and the decision whether Clementine would in fact be okay. Like, that's... God, that so rarely happens in any game where the actual, you know, the narrative itself is the thing that has left me, you know, sitting up for an hour just mulling over the choices I made rather than, oh, that was a great action scene, great, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it it really did hit me on a a weird personal level. Yeah, no, absolutely. I was... um yeah, I was I was in tears by the end, and, and I loved the fact that um, during the final scenes, you're still Lee, but mm-hmm. you are you're not controlling Clementine directly. You are still guiding her, so you you're pointing out instructions like you would if you were directly controlling Lee. But this is all it's all you helping Clementine do what she needs to do to to survive. Um, in in a way that very few games capture when we're talking about um having a companion character with you um clementine never felt like a companion in the sense that a lot of games have that because it's not you're not having to handhold her you're not having to protect her you're not having to keep her safe mm-hmm. but on the other hand every decision you are making is with in mind her safety and her emotional well-being um, and so at the end, when you're not taking control of her, you're not grabbing her by the hand, you're just, you're teaching her, you're imparting information. And albeit it's just pick up this baseball bat, um, knock these keys over to yourself, whatever it might be. Um, it, it all felt like you were absolutely the father figure teaching her how to survive on her own. Um, personally, I, I really liked the fact that the last scenes I saw through Lee's eyes were um, Clementine walking up the stairs into the light of the freedom that she would would go on to have, having proved to herself once and for all by shooting the stranger and then by um, by getting out of a, a, a pretty difficult situation. Um, she had finally proved to herself that she was capable of doing this and so i really like the fact that her her shadow sort of disappears into the light of the the world outside just as as lee passes from consciousness um it it just made a really striking image to leave the game on um by the sounds of it obviously looking down the barrel of a gun uh, as the final image of the game is is equally as poignant and um resonant but uh, I, uh, I really liked the ending the, I had uh, the thing to impart on any of these choices and discussions that I think we've yeah. had and I've had with other people is that it's it, it feels very much like your story you know yeah. it's yeah. The, the choice that you made felt very personal that that was your choice that you needed to make at the end of that game it wasn't oh I'll just pick this dialogue box okay yeah sure that's that's that there was a, an emotional reaction to you where you made you know that that's you probably sat there for a, I think that's not a time choice, but it's, you know, a, a choice where you can sit there and kind of mold on it a little bit. So, you know, for me, it was like, no, I, I need this. And for you, you went, I need the other thing. And, you know, that it's our own, both our own little personal journeys there, as, as sad as that sounds. I, th- I think the thing when it, when it comes down to, uh, we're kind of going back to a little bit towards the, the beginning of the, of the discussion uh, with how much the actual story arc changed. Um, Oftentimes, and we've seen it time and time again, where games claim to have forty, sixty, a hundred endings, they're they're not really. Um, it's Snippets. a cutscene played yeah. at the end that 
changes very very slightly depending upon something you've done fallout 3 is is kind of the the big one that i would hold up there but that doesn't necessarily just because it's a series of of yes no tick boxes that dictate the the ending you get the story in fallout 3 isn't about that it's about moment to moment what you did and you met the family that we've already mentioned previously or you met uh, the people of megaton very early on in the game and you you make decisions about tiny little interactions you have um and so it's not it's not really about shaping story it's about shaping characters and the walking dead does that absolutely perfectly agency's the word but it doesn't mean that i need to see writ large in red across the world my effects it means i need to feel the effects i've had and i did anything to sum up josh um just to say that i think this is one of the best examples of storytelling in video games um i think there are problems with uh walking dead mechanically um i think some of the sections where it attempts to do action is bad I think the glitches can be a tad unforgivable at times, but the narrative and the dialogue system and the characters are so well handled that it kind of elevates the entire experience. Um, I, I think it's important that a game like this exists just to show everyone else how to do narrative in video games. And For me, it's, it's hard because we say that, but then it's all but given 13 hours to impart that narrative well it, it you know most of it is just narrative you know there's a couple of hours maybe of gameplay that is linked between all that stuff so like it's given more of a chance than many and you could say well sure in a, you know a 40 hour experience you know why wouldn't you put 13 hours of story in there and i kind of feel that the fact that it's non-stop and it's not you know interjected between you know an hour's worth of shooting here or whatever there that it you know it constantly feels like you are involved with the characters and the story that's being portrayed to you so i think like it maybe has an upper hand in that but then okay so what maybe this this is the bridging gap to whatever we need to make i put in parentheses proper games um Mm, okay, I, I disagree with Let's that. See, uh, let me okay, let me finish that point because in my, my in my mind I'm already like disagreeing because I I honestly think like this this is an, a, as a example of entertainment itself it is brilliant. I don't think it needs to change. Could it be any better mechanically? Of course it could be. Could it be a little tighter in in, in script on occasions? Sure. Like, I wasn't a fan of episode two, but I wouldn't necessarily take it out of entirety. Uh, could it? I think the game probably could have been a little bit shorter, a little bit more tighter in different areas, and it would have been an even better experience for it. And I love it, and it was my game of 2012. So, like, of all the other experiences I had during that year, it came at the top of that. I just feel, you know, that we can learn lessons from this game and implant it into other games. Um, just some some of the way it... Less to do with structure, more the way that... Like, you, like we we're right back to the very start, where it's dealing with group dynamics of people... Mm-hmm. discussion stuff there's a there's a freedom to it there's a you know a, a tiny there's immediacy to it and i think too many games rely on kind of you know quite staticness in in their characters I mean, all the best ones you think like uncharted of course that has kind of more of a, a group dynamic i mean i loved um enslaved for that and there was a, a kind of a tit for tat when you um uh monkey in oh no now i've forgotten her name no uh trip trip that's it monkey and trip 
Um, and I think all of those best games, there's, there's more than just you know a couple of people shouting at each other. There's there's kind of like a, a lot of wordplay between everybody. Mm. So I think there's lessons to be learned from this game to implant into other games. But you know, I love this game for what it is. Well, that's the impact of hiring good writers early. The problem with so many games is is that developers make the mistake of thinking the word bits are the easy bit and mm. they can save that for last. And they bring on writers once the game is finished to essentially fix their narrative. What, what uh, Ninja Theory do, what Naughty Dog do, and what you know, definitely The Walking Dead have done, is have the writers there with the game developers from day one. And that is what, that's the lesson that needs to be learnt from The Walking Dead, Mm. is that writing is not an easy thing to do. It's hard, so get it done early. Um, I, I don't think like games have to copy walking dead mechanically i'm fine with shooters having you know shooting mechanics and stuff like that what you need to learn is story's important get it done early don't save it to the last minute and and that's the the thing that when when we talk about shooters and cutscenes, it feels like here's the gameplay oh pause story bit here's the gameplay oh pause again more story and the gameplay does not build on or inform that story in almost any way it's just here's a little movie to play for five minutes while you take a break and catch up on you know here's the science bit from if we want to take a bit of a, a meme on just crap that's put in between what else that goes on on TV or on a screen in front of you just to fill in the the gameplay and give it some kind of narrative reason to exist um, and you're absolutely right, I mean it, it's it's not even that Telltale bring writers on. Sean Vanneman wrote three out of five episodes, and three of the uh, best episodes as well. So. And the th- yeah, the three best episodes for me, and and he was joint lead designer on on the game. This game and Telltale's games in general, certainly this one, is made as a delivery for story, but not just in the way that story overrides everything. It's about creating some way of harmonizing gameplay with narrative and um most of my favorite games do that you know bioshock never feels like it's right cut now give them some story and we can get back on with with killing stuff it feels like the story is there and it's integral and it's absolutely paramount that players always know why they're doing what they're doing and where mm, they're going never break from it yeah. Yeah. even if it's the environmental context of the stuff yeah, telling absolutely. the story yeah, it's going to be fascinating in a few months time to see what activision's sort of the walking dead game no um, it's, it's not be. it's not <laughs> I, well, I mean we know it's a it's a very much a shooter it's a first person shooter um and but we you know story elements we don't know what they're doing here, but you know i i who know when they when they put that into production i'm sure they didn't uh, feel like the Walking Dead uh, game from Telltale was going to be this kind of a hit, and you know I think yeah it's set up to fail from what I from the earliest footage I've seen. Not that I want to see that, you know I'd love to see it kind of combine action as well as the storytelling, which yeah. Yeah, Telltale game has uh, the best of luck to it. But early signs are it's it's going to be a rocky road for that release. Yeah. As per usual, we had a whole ton of forum correspondence on this game. Um, and if anybody's got to the end of this podcast, they know that we've probably run a little bit longer than usual. So um, 
So purely down to time restraints, we're not actually going to do the forum correspondence this week. Um, although there's some fantastic correspondence now, and I would urge anybody to go over to yeah. the Cane and Rinse forum, uh, jump onto the Walking Dead thread. It's large, it's interesting. Uh, head there, and you probably end up on one or two big conversations about why you chose what you chose. What we can do is the Cane and Rinse uh, free word review sections, because that's quick and easy to do. Right, so... I'll go first, then James, then Josh. Press escape to exit. Clementine remembers everything. Uh, Rich Spurs 24 says, best story 2012. Diesel Phantom says, many tragic deaths. Baker's 12 says, something in I. <laughs> uh, Robotic Monkey, heartbreakingly wonderful. Drone MCI says, truly affected me. Link 6616, most important adventure. K7E7Z says, far too sad. Very true. So you can play along with Kane and Rince, Volume 2. Forthcoming games include Spec Ops The Line, Crisis 1 and 2, Bioshock, Streets of Rage Trilogy, Starcraft 2, Wings of Liberty, I Am Alive, Bioshock 2, Animal Crossing series, Grand Theft Auto 4 and Episodes from Little City, Dark Souls, Metro 2033 and XCOM Enemy Unknown. The full and upcoming schedule can be found on the blog at www.canerince.com. Take a look at our Quince Rinse videos via the blog or on Kane and Rinse YouTube channel. Our Twitter can be found at Kane and Rinse, facebook.com forward slash Kane and Rinse. We are grateful for your support through iTunes subscriptions, reviews, ratings, and check out the Kane and Rinse periodical, which can be found on our blog. Of course, what you should do is join the Kane and Rinse community and have your say over at the Kane and Rinse forum, which can be found from a link from the front of our webpage. And from a personal, I'd like to say, Thank you very much for all your kind messages for the arrival of my two twin girls, um, Lux and Isabella. Um, obviously, I've had three months off from the podcast and some paternity leave. It's been a lovely and wonderful time, and now I'm back in the saddle. I hope to be on every other show, if I can make that possible. So, once again, thank you very much for all your kind messages. They, they actually really did mean a lot. Right, this has been Kane and Rinse. I'm Tony Atkins, and good night. <laughs>